0: I don't like adventures.
1: And the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine, and each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love and see where the conversation takes us from there. For this episode, I'm joined by Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour podcast's very own Stacey Taylor to discuss Canon Films' 1987 toy line come to life movie, Masters of the Universe. Whether you're a regular listener or joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy the film talk, and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the And Why Not Facebook group, or wherever you see this episode posted. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer.
0: At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them hunted down and brought to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup.
1: Can you show us the way?
0: Of course. No! galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure.
1: Hello Stacey, how are
2: you? I'm not too shabby, thank you. How are you doing?
1: I, I'm all right. It's it's been a little while. It's what? Three Prime Ministers and one monarch ago? <laughs> it's been it's a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I've had like uh like ingrowing toenails that have lasted longer than our Prime Ministers, but um <laughs> what a great time to be British. It's my not wife, it's not terrifying and unstable and, and nightmarish at all. No. Having a great time.
1: My wife was watching this <laughs> week's GoggleBot the other day and they were talking about the Chancellor going. I was like, fuck me, this feels like old news already. It's like it was only from Monday.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, we were watching an episode of Mock the Week the other day, and we were like, this news is outdated. I know. And they, they only recorded it, like, two days in fact, and they're like, no, this is bad. This is, this is really it's bad. It, they're like,
1: are we watching this on Dave? <laughs> what I love about <laughs> it.
2: what I absolutely love about the whole situation, though, is how, like, truly British we all are, because we could all be, like, wallowing in absolute panic, but instead we're all having a laugh about that lettuce that didn't go off. Yeah. Like in the amount of time that Liz Truss was (laughs) prime minister, which I absolutely love. I'm like, how British is this? We've queued for the Queen for like seven years, and then (laughs) it's just a lettuce has outlasted our prime minister. Love it. We're great. We're not a we're not a disaster at all. No,
1: no, no. Certainly, in no other country is a lot than (laughs) ours. But but yeah. Speaking of disasters, though. Oh wow. The the film we're talking about today. Was was sort of a disaster at the
2: time.
1: In fact, I don't think there was any sort of about it. I mean, it pretty much destroyed canon studios. So. Oops. Oops, indeed. And I don't think it did um, Mattel any favours at the time either. Um, but yeah, we're talking about mass of the Universe. Uh, so a little bit of info on the film. Written by David O'Dell and Stephen Tolkien and Gary Goddard, who were uncredited, did uncredited rewrites on it. Directed by Gary Goddard. Starring Dolph Lundgren, Frank Langella, Courtney Cox, uh, James Tolkien, Christina Pickles, great name, uh, Megan Foster, and even though she's not on the title, I'm going to throw in Chelsea Field because it connects back to Commando, because she was the stewardess in Commando, which was the last film we talked about. Oh, there we go. Uh, released in cinemas on the 7th of August 1987 in the USA and uh, 26th of December 1987 in the UK, which I. Weird way your memory goes. I remember it being earlier than that over here, but I think that was more the hype train and the film (laughs) quietly came out on Boxing Day. Um, Gross $17,336,370 worldwide on an estimated budget of $22 million, according to IMDb. Uh, In a rare twist, I can't find a Roger E. review of the film, but I did find most of a Barry Norman review from the Christmas episode of Film 87, uh, in which he said,
0: Masters of the Universe say its Makers is the first live-action film ever to be inspired by a line of toys. They announce this with a certain amount of modest pride, as though it were a significant breakthrough in the development of the cinematic art. Next week, no doubt, the first film ever to be inspired by a piece of blotting paper or the top of a cereal packet. However, this line of toys, with which I was not personally acquainted hitherto, appears to feature two main characters, the heroic He-Man and the evil Skeletor, who are locked in an eternal battle for control of the universe. What else? He-Man is played by Dolph Lundgren, last seen as the nasty Russian boxer in Rocky 4, a man who seems to have rented his muscles from the same manufacturer who supplies Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Skeletor, by contrast, is not at all muscular. On the contrary, he has the fine-drawn look of one who's rather overdone it with the F-Plan diet, and looking unrecognisable. Beneath this bony facade is, surprisingly, Frank Langella, who played a rather interesting, and so women assure me, sexy Dracula about eight years ago. Sad to see him reduced to impersonating... An animated toy. It occurs to me that Dolph Lundgren must rent his adenoids from the same supplier as Sylvester Stallone as well. Well now, it occurs to me that I haven't told you anything about the plot and that's because there's not much to tell. Briefly, old Skeletor and his wicked hench girl, Evil Lynn, played by Meg Foster, are going about their usual nefarious business of controlling the universe. And He-Man and his hench persons, John Cypher and Chelsea Field, are trying to stop them. For some reason, very possibly to cut down on the cost of special effects, most of this takes place in and around a music shop in present-day california and involves the participation of two teenagers courtney cox and robert duncan mcneil there's a lot of fighting which invariably ends up with he-man and companies slaughtering whole regiments of darth vader lookalikes, who having apparently not been gifted with eyes are the worst shots in the history of space warfare and could not be relied upon to hit the starship enterprise from 10 paces even if it was parked and clamped not that the starship enterprise actually turns up here But I mention it because practically everything else you've ever seen in a science fantasy epic seems to have been included. To add to the feeling of familiarity, the dialogue includes lines like, You're right, it's too quiet. Always a belter, that one. But lest I give the impression that masters of the universe could confidently plead not guilty to any possible charge of originality, I must add that He-Man and company do have a salutation I'd not heard before. Good journey, they say to each other on parting. And this, I imagine, is the intergalactic equivalent of, have a nice day. What? The acting? Well, what kind of acting would you expect in stuff like this? Let us simply say that they all do their best in difficult circumstances.
1: The video cuts off before I can get a broader view of what he thinks of the film, but I think you get the idea that <laughs> he tolerated it at best.
2: Yeah, that didn't, it wasn't a resounding endorsement.
1: Uh, I, <laughs> I feel like he felt a little bit sorry for mm. most, if not all, of the cast.
2: See, I do not understand this as an opinion. <laughs> Like I, I just I genuinely think this movie is really good. <laughs> My husband um, categorically disagrees with me and was very angry at the idea of me watching this. this
1: My movie. wife does like say I put it on when I got in from work today. I had to doing this and she was like this is a load of shit and she went in the kitchen and watched the chase. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My my hubby was like, I'm going to have a bath, so now you can put it on. It's <laughs> like, I, d- I feel like I don't. I, like, part of me was like, staunchly, I want to watch this whenever I want to watch it, not when you give me permission, sir. But also, I didn't want to piss him off by putting on a terrible movie. I just like time, the idea so. that your hubby
1: was into a two-hour bath. He got the candles <laughs> and everything out.
2: <laughs> no, he did actually come down halfway through, and the first thing he said was, "What the fuck's with quildor though?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, here we go." Now it I'm. He does get- look
1: like a wrinkly ball bag.
2: I d- yeah i mean he's not yeah he's not we'll Orca, there, is he? I'm sure <laughs> well yeah i uh there's a, the, here's the thing about this film right is that would i have liked it to have been a bit more set on eternia like of course i would would i have liked to have seen more of the he-man characters that we all know and love yes of course i would would i have preferred orco rather than seeing a person with a mostly prosthetic face trying to eat ribs and fried chicken like absolutely yes that's a disastrous scene that nobody needs to see but is this movie still quite a lot of fun yeah it is though isn't
1: it (laughs) like all right let's let's go back to the beginning so what are your memories of first seeing it
2: oh well so i didn't see it when it came out because i would have only been a very sprightly two years old at the time um it's not an excuse it's a bit of an excuse (laughs) well it's it's an excuse for not remembering i might have seen it that year i don't know (laughs) Who would have remembered that? Um, But I do remember like sort of when I was about like, I don't know, seven or eight-ish, I became obsessed with He-Man, She-Ra and the Turtles like all at once. Um, And I think it was because whatever channels it was we had access to were suddenly doing repeats of the late 80s, all the late 80s shows. Um, So yeah, I became like fully obsessed with He-Man. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Um, I love this guy. I love his big cat. Everything about it. Great. So my mom uh, went to Blockbuster. Do you remember Blockbuster video, everybody? (laughs) Do you, though?
1: (laughs) I remember Mom and Pops before they all became Blockbuster or Choices video.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I remember my mom going to Blockbuster the once and she came back with the 1990 Turtles movie, uh, This and Willow. I think it was nice. So we had. Yeah. So we watched all three of those in a day. Um, And by the end of that day, I was absolutely buzzing because I was like, films are so fucking good. It's just like running around the house. Like, can we go back to Blockbuster and get some more? And my mum's like, all right, fucking calm down. Jesus, how am I going to get you to sleep tonight? Um, But I like I loved it at the time. And I think even though it it isn't really a very good adaptation of He-Man per se, um, it still has a lot of like very enjoyable things in it um yeah. so even, even as a kid and I'd, i do think i did get a, i got a little bit bored around the middle because when it becomes very much about a synthesizer <laughs> i was like yeah i was like when am i gonna fight again but then as soon as like beastman and that pop up i was like yes you know that little kid thing you do where you sort of vibrate in your chair because you're just like that's oh, so good um yeah, and I remember absolutely loving it. And I, I must have watched it like a billion times before we took it back to Blockbuster. And I'm fairly certain we had that and the Turtles movie out like a thousand times as well. Yeah. Because um, it's just... It, what I love about it is the score. Like, the whole thing is just made like a thousand percent more epic by Bill Conti's score. I was going to say,
1: Bill Conti's score is made... It's a little Star Wars-y rip-off in places, but...
2: Oh, yeah, it's very nice. that theme like,
1: tune is amazing.
2: Oh, it's very John williams Um Yeah. But it's, I mean, in the absolute I, I kind of imagine way. that
1: was the brief he was given.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you want to do a rip-off of Star Wars? All right. <laughs> he just ran with the brief. Um, but, yeah, me and my sister, like, I think I liked it more than her because she was very upset at there not being a battle cat, which I'll give her that. I'll give her that, I suppose. Yeah,
1: I was disappointed there was a, wasn't was a battle cat. Um, like I said before, I... Um didn't see it at the cinema i remember the hype train for it like on blue peter and that sort of thing when they used to do little segments of films and all that sort of shit i want to say it was blue peter it might not have been but i can't think what else it would have been um where they were like interviewing the cast on the at the premiere of the american one which is probably why i think the film came out earlier than it did over here um because i was 8 at the time so time sort of merges um it must have been a year later. We must have rented it from the video shop or something when I finally watched it. I was so excited for this film. I had the sticker album. We poured over the stickers. And was like a bit where he's pushing over a big statue and my brother was convinced that that was like a statue of Battle Cat. <laughs> it's That's not. The, awesome. You watch the film, it's not. It's very it's much It's absolutely not. not. <laughs> um, and it didn't bother me that it wasn't like the He-Man I'd seen in the cartoons because it was just so exciting to see it in live action. Mm. I don't give a fuck. But like even those tiny little bits on a tourney, or it's blatantly just like you know somewhere in the Utah desert or something, with <laughs> some weird sci-fi and stabbed bodies dotted around the place, and the same guys being led away as Skeletor does his uh vidi blogs. Yeah. Um,
2: it's Eternia, I think, in the film is wonderful because it looks like trash. It's like, why is anyone fighting over this? <laughs>
1: Castle Skull at the end looks like <laughs> shit. It looks like It'll, three boats landed on top of each other and they just whacked a skull on it.
2: It's, it all looks so crap. It's like, oh, are you're all fighting over a barren desert. What's That's happening? <laughs> like, why is this what you're all after?
1: That's it. Show me the city of Eternia. Just give me a map painting or something, you know.
2: Yeah, something. At least. I've been sucking
1: but- into map paintings before. It's not going to bother me at all.
2: I'm pretty sure there are a couple in this film as well, like during bits where the uh, the like uh portals appear. The backgrounds look very painted. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, but, yeah, there's no sort of scope for it either. It does just look like a shithole.
2: Yeah. I, I
1: do love that um gwildor has got a little hut that's got a tunnel that leads right into... <laughs> it's like, why did Skeletal need the key then? Just break into his house and use the yeah. tunnel.
2: <laughs> just nick it. Just nick it, lads. It's fine.
1: <laughs> but... It's yeah, I mean the Earth stuff didn't really bother me either. Again, I sort of appreciate that more as I got older because it's mm. like so many eighties cliches being ticked. Like yeah. ang- angsty team performers who work in a fast food joint with dead parents who <laughs> <laughs> I mean we'll get into that. But um
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's mental. <laughs> I love we got a voiceover at the beginning as well.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, it's I, I love, I, like any film that starts with a voiceover, I think you, you're in for either the best or the absolute worst time, yeah. I think it's one or the other, <laughs> I don't think there's any in between. It,
1: it's usually kind of like they've looked at it and gone, shit we need some at the beginning here, let's, let's chuck a voiceover over it, that'll solve everything. Do,
2: does this film make sense? Not really, should we no. stick a disclaimer at the start?
1: <laughs> I love how deserted that town is as well, like, nobody notices He-Man walking around in his pants and a cape, nobody notices a big oh. fucking flying barge.
2: Do you know what? I've got to say, I've got to say one of the things that I absolutely love about this now as an adult, because I don't think I would have thought about it when I was a kid, is the fact that like if you look at the designs for the for the cartoon, um no like barely anybody's wearing actual clothes, like everybody's in tiny furry pants, leotards, like you're lucky if the ladies have got tights or something on under the Yeah, Tila's pretty but, like, much
1: just a onesie, isn't it? That's like yeah, a one piece yeah. swimming suit with a big boob window in it.
2: Yeah, whereas... And we, the film was the floor of not having it. <laughs> no but see this is why i quite like the film because the film actually covers the women up yeah. but it really doubles down on he-man and gives him like less clothes somehow so... like he has a cape for a bit and he's got a little bit of shoulder armor because you really you, you know when you're doing sword fights you've really got to protect all the internal organs that are important up in your shoulders yeah. but like the rest of it that he's not he's wearing anything at all can... and i love that about it because they could easily have been like no we've got to give him like a practical suit of armor or whatever and still let the women run around in like you you know tight leotards and whatever yeah it's
1: it's a weird <laughs> choice for the 80s because the 80s would have been <laughs> very much like you know less on teela more on he-man yeah yeah
2: i just as, as it was it was like really more clothes on
1: teela more oil on he-man let's yeah. oil that fucker up
2: <laughs> let's just make him look just constantly a little bit wet but <laughs> please I, I
1: guess at the time they just wanted to show off how he-man he-dolph lundgren was
2: I've got to say, I was a bit disappointed that you never see him transform into He-Man. Like, he's never Prince Adam.
1: Yeah, I think they're from what I've read and seen in documentaries since, is that it was based more on the original concept, rather than Prince Adam was an invention for the cartoon and all that sort of thing. Um, but I
2: wanted to see him in tiny pink furry panties. Yeah, I did. All right. <laughs> Don't we all?
1: <laughs> and, and a white top and his little pink waistcoat.
2: Yeah, adorable. Adorable. Um but Dov Lundgren's actually a pretty good choice for He-Man for that era.
1: I think he's pretty decent in this film. I mean, he's not, yeah. you know, it's not Shakespeare or anything, but...
2: You know. <laughs> there's a couple of lines he's not, he's where not I feel Stewart, like... But... <laughs> I feel like there's a couple of lines where it was like, this feels like it was one take and they couldn't really be bothered with getting it again. Like, there's a bit where he tries to, like, really dramatically like, tell him to let the sorceress go, but it sort of comes out as like, let her go. And it's like the saddest, just lo- like, just, just, you could have just done it again, but they clearly were just like, do you know what? That'll do. He said the right words. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs>
1: They're like, look, we, we're running out of money. Just use that take.
2: Yeah, that take will do. That take will absolutely do. I mean, it didn't do really, though, did it? But we tried. But um,
1: it, it kind of fits with the film, though, because the film is a wonderful slice of cheese.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. It is so, like, what I love about it is how everybody is, like, giving it genuine well, Yeah. <laughs> like, Frank Langella is, like, absolutely eating up.
1: Frank Langella's amazing in this. Oh, Again, my God. I think he only did it because his kids were fans of He-Man.
2: Oh, like, honestly, like, I've said before that if if there was any way that I could possibly be in a movie, I would want to be in a He-Man, a She-Ra, or a Turtles movie. And I wouldn't care what part, what part was, as long as I got to have one line and it was recognisably me. But what I love about Frank Langella is he's got this, like, ludicrous, like, skeletal sort of facey thing, look because they don't, obviously they can't make him look like an actual skull. <laughs> yeah, so he's got weird um,
1: latex instead of...
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but he's acting like, no, he will straight, he will fuck you up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's, he is not to be messed with. He's not the Skeletor that's going to, like, you know, hatch a silly little plot and then get chased back into Snake Mountain, like, oh, rats, I'll try again another day. <laughs> like, this guy's going to do you a murder and he ain't going to care about it either. Like, He's so good. He's Except, ironically, he doesn't cake. kill
1: any good guys. He kills one of his own people.
2: Yeah. Well, did he deserve it, though?
1: <laughs> well, see, I, I would have killed the other one. The uh, Which one? The the one with the Peggy Mitchell hair. Um, Peggy
2: Mitchell hair? The little wrinkly oh, face.
1: And the, co- the, little, is it the little fur color. Yeah, I think so. I want
2: to say his name was Karg or something like that. Yeah, I don't. See, he is. Because you've like, only
1: the... got Beast Man from the anim- from the cartoon haven't you then you got blade yeah. who i thought blade was cool as fuck when i was a kid <laughs> like, watching it I've... watching it this time i'm like he goes out like a punk and he just seems to get punched to the floor and then you don't see him again
2: yeah for a man with two swords he does very little stabbing
1: <laughs> yeah he's, he's one of those he's a bit like boba fett before you know he looks cool but he doesn't actually fucking do anything great yeah but um yeah, yeah then you had
2: That weird
1: serpent-looking guy. Weird serpent-looking guy that I thought was going to be like the film equivalent of Whiplash, but then he never uses his tail or anything. So no,
2: it's
1: upsetting. And then yeah, the weird wrinkly Peggy Mitchell. (laughs) I keep I wrote him down as Peggy Mitchell. I never caught his name, and that's no disrespect to Barbara Windsor.
2: I I I genuinely think it was Karg or Korg I think it is Karg
1: or Korg or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love cool. that those three, those three fucking with the, uh, those two and Evil Lynn, like chicken out at the end and just fuck off.
2: Oh yeah, Evil Lynn is wonderful in this as well. Meg, Meg Foster's amazing. Meg
1: Foster's job. got eyes that just like...
2: Jesus. Yeah, what I loved about her as well is that like, so first of all, her costume is amazing. Because um, as much as I really like the design of Evil Lynn in the cartoon, like you can't have somebody running around in like a very small, like bright blue and purple. Leotard, again, I giant disagree. <laughs> um, but like that—that that sort of like uh, sort of gold and sort of greyish black like bodice thing that she's wearing is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. and she just like stomps around like oh my god, like yeah. As soon as I was old enough to start having crushes, I definitely had a crush on Meg Foster in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's weird. Like I say Meg Foster's eyes—you kind of you can't ever like, really play anything other than this kind of role.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's
1: but like, also, you know, I mean, she's popped up in some wanna... episodes of Murder She Wrote, and that, and I'm kind of like, people fucking win. She's clearly the murderer in this episode, isn't she?
2: <laughs> what tickled me about it as well is that one. I think it was Karg for some reason just sort of kept pronouncing her name as like Evelyn, which was yeah. really annoying to me. So I'm like, that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> it's, it's like everything was the first take. But
1: <laughs> I, I will say on the costumes, I think for the most part they are pretty decent. I love Man at Arms.
2: Man at Arms, I, I think, looks great. I think Teela looks great. I love his multi-layered
1: um, shoulder pad and everything. It kind of feels like a screen version of the cartoon.
2: Yeah. Like even He-Man's and I, is
1: all right. It's not much of a costume, but
2: I, I don't really like the dangly enjoyed... cape. But... I, d- I didn't like the cape, and I was quite happy the instant he took it off, even though it did make his actual outfit look even more ridiculous. Yeah. Because it is insane that anybody who essentially fights for a living is running around basically in shoulder pads <laughs> Like, that's all he's wearing, just, like, big armoured shoulder pads and then, like, a like a belt, <laughs> like Chrissy crossed across his front. Like, that's not going to do shit, mate. Somebody shoots at you, because... Because this is the thing I've always kind of loved about He-Man, is that it's it's lasers and it's swords. So, <laughs> so it's like, the lasers are cool, but so are sword fights. And you get both of them in this, which I think is wonderful. But it does mean that when you are essentially running around in a pair of pants and shoulder pads, like, I don't know, man, you've just got to be good at, like, avoiding things.
1: <laughs> I, I just love Cause... that you can wander around the neighbourhood like it.
2: Oh, the... Nobody so, appears to
1: leave their house on those streets. So.
2: One of the things that really tickles me about this movie is that there's a detective in it in the, in the bit where they get to Earth. There is a detective in it who instantly just suspects people of being awful uh, and tries to arrest like everybody he sees. But then to the be first fair, he seen... had
1: to put up with Martin McFly for years, so...
2: That's true. That is true. Um, he's kind of it with punk
1: ass teenagers
2: (laughs) but then like he-man turns up and he just barely even bats an eyelid and I'm like I'm sorry if anybody looks suspicious here it's the man running around in his undercrackers with a sword like and Dolph Lundgren doesn't know how to hold a sword I discovered from watching this movie again recently (laughs) like I'd always thought he was really cool but there are bits where he's running around with it like holding it like you would like I don't know a lantern or something (laughs) I'm like why is it up here what are you doing I love him oh god I love this movie
1: I, I do love know. that when he first sees He-Man, it's like a guy in just pants with some, strip, you know, straps across here and some shoulder pads. And I'm like, why do I get the feeling I've been looking for you all night? I was like, there is a gay porno in this.
2: Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I mean, I was quite happy about the fact that they lean really into the, like, homoeroticism of He-Man.
1: It's because... that weird 80s thing, isn't it? It's like they don't know how gay they're being. And I'm not saying there's anything <laughs> oh. wrong with that. It's like Top Gun's the same. It's like you, you do well... realise... <laughs>
2: Do you know, I had this conversation about Top Gun with somebody the other day because they, was, they were talking about, it was an arsehole on the internet and they were talking about uh-huh. how like they don't like to see gay characters in things that are aimed at you know young people or kids or whatever because it's sexualising children and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just a quick question. Um, were you a He-Man fan, perchance? And they were like, yeah, man, one of the best things I've ever seen, manly man running around, sword. And I was like, oh, ho. Oh, oh you poor poor naive person sweet summer child like how did you not see what was happening here um it, oh, it just tickles me because oh yeah anyway i won't get started on internet arseholes because i'll be here all night yeah <laughs>
1: they're, they're rarely worth it um they're usually snide no. bros. i said it <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I will say, costume-wise, while we're sort of talking about costumes, is that I was the one costume I was disappointed in was the sorceress because I was really hoping for wings.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's something off about the sorceress. It's, I don't know. She looks a little bit like. I get that they age her up, obviously, as she loses her power in that. But there's something Miss Havisham, great expectations about her. She, it,
2: yeah, she feels like the a sorceress ghost is kind of young and
1: vibrant and sexy in the cartoon. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm well, not, I'm not objectifying it, but
2: no, you can do like, here's, here's the thing about because she, right? we-
1: she wears the bikini thing and just does. Yeah. Like, the,
2: little, the little wingy leotard thing. The thing about the thing about Heyman and the, and the lady designs. And I think this was like a, a thing that was just easier for animators back then is that all of the women have the exact same body shape, yeah. size and type. It's just that the colors of things have changed. So they've got, one's got red hair and a blue outfit <laughs> the other one's got blue hair and a red outfit like if you look at them all they are exactly almost exactly the same. this one's wearing a headdress um so and they are all very like attractive woman shaped yeah. um and I think the problem I had with this sorceress and I wasn't necessarily looking for a sexy sorceress but like it looks like they've just thrown like a, a tablecloth over a lady and gone that'll do and then just put a crystal headdress on to make it look a bit mystic.
1: They've just been, <laughs> like, they've just been like, Brad, Brad, go get your clan outfit. We're going to cut the
2: thing. <laughs> they've just Yeah, like they've just gone like, just roll around in that neck curtain and come back. And you're yeah. like, no, mm, it's not, you know, she looks like somebody's like dead grandma already at the start. Yeah. And it's like, she's not, she's not even dying yet. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Why doesn't she get to be sexy? Because to be fair, Christina Pickles at the yeah. time,
1: yeah. Not bad looking, lass. It's a uh, yeah. It's um
2: a weird choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, like I say, I I like, but then you don't really get the feeling of a, like an elder stateswoman either. She's fairly queenie, I suppose, not queenie-queenie, but you know, yeah. a queenish yeah. regal type.
2: I think I think the issue there is that this movie doesn't fuck around, so it doesn't give you any real setup. So you don't ever get to see her. You don't get to see what is like before yeah, Skeletor has sort of decided get. to do a thing. She doesn't get to actually be a sorceress; She's already captured. Like, there's there's no, there's no, none of that. And to be honest, I'm not 100% sure we definitely needed it. Maybe in her case, just so that we had a bit more feeling of like, oh, we need to rescue this lady because she's well good in it.
1: Yeah, or if she'd had like her powers displayed at the end or something, I guess. Well, obviously, ran out of money at the end, hence why the last battle (laughs) takes place in the dark in a barely built set. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. This, yeah, you don't get the feeling there that she's anything more than a hood ornament in the.
2: Yeah, um, it's a a bit sad, really.
0: Everything comes to he who waits. And I have waited. So very long for this moment Let her go I don't think so No While she remains imprisoned within this field Her powers increase my own And when the moon reaches its zenith The great eye will open And all the powers of Skull will be bestowed upon me Your wondrous sorceress will die. You dare threaten her life? I dare anything! I am Skeletor! Throw down your weapons and pledge yourself to me or you will join her. It's not her you want. It's me. It's always been between us. Silence! It's the locksmith. The little worm has another key! What?
1: (gasps) No. Clearly, it becomes a uh, Lubitz castle by the end because he probably claims that he's staying there because you know he's somehow in the short space of time met a woman.
2: Yeah, in the two seconds that they've been there, he's already <laughs> he's already hooked himself a lady. Which, to be fair, good on you, mate.
1: I know well that's done. that's that's the sequel I want to see. It's just Lubick <laughs> being kind of like, so do you see that shit that went down? I might stay here with you. You look all right. <laughs>
2: Love it. That woman's just like, I've not been in this movie before. I'm I'm just here for this.
1: <laughs> I'd say she looks like she won a competition, but the one who actually won the competition was the little pig guy.
2: Oh, my God. Somebody won a competition to be in this yeah, movie. Yeah,
1: they're supposed to be in the... You know when Skeletor walks back in after they captured He-Man and he grabs his staff off of, like, a little pig guy that's holding it? That's a little yeah. kid that won a competition. Oh,
2: that's so adorable. Like, just, they just
1: buried him in latex. I, I think he was supposed to, like, you know, get his face on screen, but they... uh.
2: So that's actually really sad now because like if I was gonna if I was a kid and I was like I'm gonna be in He Man, I'd be telling literally every fucker I know, guys, we're all going to see it, I'll pay, I don't even care, we're all going to see it because I'm in it. And then you go and there's just a little pig man there, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really sad. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And you were yeah, a fucking yeah. jower as well, were you? Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: course of course you were, mate. Of course you were. L- like that time you were an
1: Ewok in Star Wars, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> You're just there openly weeping, like it is me.
1: <laughs> no one ever believed
2: me. I think he that's... got
1: validation when the uh documentary came out. I can't remember now. I know his <laughs> his story's been told somewhere, but
2: Oh bless See, this is why I'm saying if I ever like won a competition to be in a movie, it would have to be recognisably me. The most I would say is like like a full full face of makeup, but not, you're not sticking any prosthetics on because it's got it's got to look like me. I yeah. want to be able to point to it and go, "That is me." That is. Do you want to what be what able to if, F- if
1: times get hard, be able to hit the concert and be like, "Yeah, I was in this." <laughs>
2: I was in this for like I said a whole letter. <laughs> now I've got this thing about um, it's really embarrassing actually about how like uh, any time I see like I read a comic. And there's like a slightly fat girl in it with like glasses and big poofy hair. I'm like, that's me, that is. Because <laughs> I just like to pretend that I'm that important. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's that's the loseriest thing I've ever said, but I don't I don't regret it.
1: No, it's true. Just stand by it. No, when
2: i was when i was younger when i first started reading um harry potter which i may regret quite a lot um but i was like adamant that i was hermione granger i was like she's got to look back off i must have met jk rowling accidentally at one point and she stole my life because hermione is described as being kind of fat a buffin, she's got huge front teeth she's got massive hair so like, it's me that he is it's actually me we've got the same birthday <laughs> uh and then and then she became a notorious turf, and I'll just stop caring. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. <I'm... laughs> yeah I I, about
2: that, the better, is it?
1: Yeah, I think, like, you know, the Harry Potter books are amazing. They did an amazing thing for getting people reading and, mm. you know, like, opening children's imaginations and that, but it's like a lot of things. It's like you've got to separate the art from the creator to a certain degree, but at the same time, it doesn't mean you can keep. You need to keep giving them money. Plus, yeah, you know, let's true. face it, the Fantastic Beasts films have been shit. So.
2: Oh well, I wouldn't know because I haven't watched them. Because I thought I thought the Harry Potter films were shit too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like the <laughs> Harry Potter films. I watched two Fantastic Beasts, and I was like, I'm done. I just don't give a flying fuck anymore. Yeah,
2: no, uh, I can't anyway. keep
1: wasting my time on this. But but, but E-Man,
2: yeah,
1: you <laughs> Man. Well, yeah, I mean so we sort of talked about he man i think man at arms is fairly close to the man at arms we know possibly a bit i mean they like to play up that he's hungry i do love that thing about you know what's your feeling is like feeling hungry
2: I, I i love that about him because uh that's pretty much what i feel like all the time yeah. i feel like if if people don't know me the best sort of thing to think about is like winnie the pooh i'm just i'm a little bit dense and i I just love food <laughs>
1: i'd I'm be just, very much in that like you know we're queuing up for a battle we like you know there behind the speakers and that and then a pizza van will be like oh i'll be back in a minute
2: oh yeah i'd be the one who's like right everybody run a stealth mission shut up and then my stomach goes bla, 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 bla. <laughs> and i'm like oh no <laughs> i've given away our position through sheer fancying of a chinese like <laughs> said,
1: um, once that pops in your head you just kind of get rid of it um know. This movie, I, I,
2: I'll tell you what, though, does, in, in terms of food, definitely actually kind of put me off the idea of fried chicken and ribs for quite a long time because the food in this film looks disgusting. Yeah. And everybody eats it. Like, the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, like people are, like, shoveling it in, like, little piggies. And I'm like, what are you?
1: I love the bit with Tila where she's eating it. She's like, why did they put it on this white stick? And then when she finds out it's meat, she tosses the river away but continues to eat what's in her mouth. It's not like she's disgusted enough mouth. to be like, ugh. Yeah, I do yeah. love that Man at Arms is just kind of like you know, well you know, don't think about it while you're eating it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, it did make me wonder what they eat on Eternia because there's no fucking plants from what I can fucking see. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's no vegetation there. What, what are you eat eating? Sand. <laughs> just, just licking sands,
1: just crying. Mm. Uh I do like Gwildall um, with the cow as well. Oh, to talk,
2: like, yeah, the uh, what I love about that is the idea that he's got no concept of what any moves mean, but he's yeah. still trying. So he could be going like, fuck you, Keo. He wouldn't know <laughs> in, in Keolat. But he's just moving away happily. I um, I don't mind Gwildor, I've got to say. I know a lot I of don't. people have a problem with him, and I do think he's very like Orko from the show uh, in the sense that he's the sort of daft you know, comic relief slash idiot on the side that everybody's got to be like, oh, bloody hell, Gwildor, come <laughs> on now. But It makes sense to me that they didn't want to have a magic character in it because it feels like then they could have just gone, well, let's just portal back home. Orko.
1: Well, yeah, again, before I saw (laughs) the film, I just assumed that was Orko. And they just even at that age, I was used to things getting changed for film kind of thing. And he was one of the few Mm. characters that had an action figure. I think he had one and there was a blade one. Pretty sure I had the um, Gwildall figure.
2: Amazing. Did he come with a little tiny bucket of chicken? (laughs) Could have done. Oh, when that guy tries to put a bucket of chicken in the microwave later, I'm yeah, like, that's like, weird because it looks
1: like he's already eaten it, and he's like, "Let oh, me just warm this up," which is just a plot convenience so that it can jam yes. the thing.
2: <laughs> so we can so, explode yeah. a microwave for a laugh.
1: Eternians hate microwaves, apparently. Um, yeah. um I quite yeah, I quite like Teela in this as well. I quite like how she just suddenly goes from like you know, <laughs> do "I'm gonna fucking kill you."
2: Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> Because I I did worry when I rewatched this. Because to be fair, as much as I, say, I love this film, like I, it's not like a film I watch. Like it's not like the '90s Turtles movie, which I will happily watch, like at least yeah. once a year around my birthday as a little treat to myself. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, so it's been a few years since I've watched this, and I was worried that I was like, am I going to watch this? And I'm going to realise that actually all the women in it are terrible. Um, and for an '80s movie, it's actually. the the women are pretty great (laughs) like evil lynn is a total fucking boss she gets shit done she knows what she's doing she commands respect admittedly you know she's a a skeletal you know sort of she's very scared of him but who wouldn't be
1: he's one of the notes i made was like you know evil lynn's a bit like an 80s career woman you know she just wants some acknowledgement for the shit she's done but her boss is just kind of like not fucking good enough yeah it's like motherfucker i got your key come get he-man yourself you prick (laughs)
2: That's what one of the things I love about Skeletor is that he's like, no, I'm the best there is, but he just delegates everything that he does. He's never done a thing <laughs> himself. It's all everybody else is sorting everything out. Like, why didn't he go to Earth and do a murder on He-Man? Because he wanted to sit around on a throne and hold his staff like a boss and just be like, yeah, man, I'm cool, I am.
1: <laughs> Which, to be that fair, bit. I think I'd do too. I do love the bit where Man-at-Arms, Teela and Gildor are on the roof. <laughs> they're talking about it, and Skeletor slowly levitating on his thing behind him.
2: <laughs> Again, just... Frank Langella
1: just looks like he's loving every minute of it.
2: Oh yeah, it it seems to me like he was having an absolute whale of a time, just eating up every line that he said. Like some of the line deliveries that he gives are just absolutely fucking, there's a bit where he says something along the lines of, like, as you die so will I be reborn and he just delivers it in such a way that you're like oh, chills <laughs> um, I love him I absolutely the, love him
1: It's the, um, again paraphrasing it, but, you know is is the loneliness of good the same as the loneliness of evil or something like that when he's got He-Man before everybody turns up in the throne room and then, yeah. you know, all them troopers to fucking fire with the accuracy a pissed at I can test them <laughs>
2: I the amount of times they're out thing. in
1: the open or in an alley, and there's just a light clear line of oh. shot. And they're like,
2: oh. Honestly, they're just shooting everywhere. I think this is one of my favourite tropes in like any movie, and it happened in Commando when we talked about that before, <laughs> where it's like eighty-five men shooting at like one target, and yet some. And again, you know, he's wearing nothing but like a pair of shorts and then a bunch of belts with like shit attached but everybody's explosives just
1: strapped around him
2: (laughs) yeah but everybody is missing him and he's just like dodging behind bushes bushes aren't (laughs)
1: bulletproof.
2: what are we doing um and that, like that's yeah that that really tickled me in this film too because it is like you know he-man's running around half the time he only uses his sword so like he's going up against people with laser guns and still somehow winning <laughs> i'm like you shouldn't be even getting slightly close enough to twat someone with a sword when they've got a gun like what what's happening but i do love that about films where it's like yeah just like all the henchmen are just disasters just straight up like how did you get this job
1: <laughs> i love when they jump out of that portal in the school and they all do a little pose
2: <laughs> oh it's adorable that's so adorable the school bit really tickled me when i watched it again now because i'm like actually it's almost a little bit pointless <laughs> yeah like uh it's just so we can like almost do they actually kill the janitor they might kill the no janitor. they bring him
1: out um, oh, later. yeah, you're right, they do. Yeah. I assume that anybody that dies, it's undone in the end anyway, because of the time travel thing.
2: Oh, yes, of course. Which,
1: I, I do love that that's an afterthought for her. like, no, nah, we better oh just God. get home. We better... Oh, no, fuck it, actually. Do
2: you know what? I actually my wrote that, that in my I've been moping about. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote that to in my notes. Like, the whole reason she was leaving that town was because she's like, I can't handle the memories, and I can't be to here be fair, anymore and do
1: uh, this. She was going to New Jersey, and she had just done that dancing on stage with Bruce Springsteen thing, so... it it does make sense you'd go to jersey if springsteen pulled her up on stage to dance with him
2: (laughs) i know i would Mm.
1: i can't afford to get anywhere near a bruce springsteen stage anymore though
2: (laughs) i don't yeah i don't think uh, i don't think i would care to (laughs) to be honest um but yeah i did think that was really funny at the end where she's like because he even says to her i can send you back whenever do you want to go and see, like, Beethoven or something? Like, I mean, obviously he doesn't say that because he doesn't know anything about Earth history. But he literally gives her an out for this. And she's like, no, nah, it's all right. Just pop me back when we were.
1: To be fair, <laughs> I travel back to 1990. So I've watched Beethoven in the cinema again. So,
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a great movie. That, um,
1: that was my birthday treat for that year.
2: Um, that and a Aww. pizza
1: It's nice.
2: I love a good pizza hut. Can't I can't remember pizza. I feel like it was in 19 it was either it was either when I was turning five or six so it would have been 1990 or 1996 uh or 1991 I <laughs> I got sickness and diarrhea and the nits all at once I got a stomach bug and the nits from my school just on my birthday I thought we're I take pizza. To, no I was supposed to have a McDonald's birthday party and uh and all my friends still went and I oh, had nice. to stay at home doing a sick and scratching my head that was the worst birthday I've ever had.
1: Yeah, that's not the worst. All your mates are like, it was amazing.
2: I mean, aside from the one where my husband was in hospital, of course, that was the worst birthday I've ever had.
1: You can what rank is... that one above. It's fine. It's I'm freaking... not going to tell him.
2: I love. I just loved a good McDonald's party when I was a kid. They don't do them anymore. Shocking. I
1: anyway. know. Uh, well, they're not allowed to appeal to kids anymore, are they?
2: That's true. Yeah, because we are making them too fat, apparently. Mm.
1: Allegedly, because, you know, that's what was doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I do Um, love Courtney Cox's teen angst in this I love like you know you get that whole emotional thing at the graveside you know it's my fault they died I fucking lied to them said I wanted to study instead of going to the beach blah 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 and then they're like oh what's that it's like uh, it looks like a synthesizer it's like all that angst just disappeared like nothing
2: That angsty scene really tickles me, and it's mostly because... So she's trying to say that, like, it's all my fault, but then very actively pins the blame on him. Yeah. Because she actually says, oh, it's my fault because they invited me to the beach, and I said no because I wanted to hang out with you.
1: I told so him I was going to they...
2: study. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to hang out with you, Ugh, my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, so I told them, no, it's fine, you go do whatever. So they decided to fly a plane or whatever the fuck, and then they died. And I was like, you are doing a full-on guilt trip on Kevin here. That's not very fair.
1: Well, I like uh, at the beginning of the movie, she's going to leave him as soon as she gets skeletal Leg. She's all, like, she's all like, don't leave me, Kevin. Do
2: you know what? It, the, it's the very idea... much Rose
1: from Titanic. Like, I'll never let go. Off you go.
2: <laughs> See, uh, it really upset me that at the start of the movie as well, like her friend that she works with at the chicken place, seems to know that she's intending to break up with her boyfriend, but she's obviously waiting to do it until literally the moment she gets on a plane because, <laughs> because like she's packed. She's supposed to be getting the plane that evening, but he's all like, Oh, could you at least make the same check for my gig or whatever? And she's like, mm, yeah, I suppose. Cause I love you. Ha ha ha, muah, ha, muah, ha. But <laughs> like,
1: then once she's <laughs> on the plane, she's like, I'm going to be with Springsteen. fucker. <laughs>
2: she's like got absolutely no intention of being with this man after that put and it's just like you've got to come on you can't leave this guy hat this is unfair but then like you say they're just like oh what's this shiny thing in the dirt
1: i love just the the fucking sudden change on it like,
2: oh shiny yeah it's very much like a magpie they just got very (laughs) excited like and it does make me laugh that they immediately think it's a synthesizer because yeah. it doesn't look like any sort of thing I've ever seen. It's
1: it's in a in crater in life. the ground. Well yeah. they say crater, it looks like they were like, you know, build a props guy, just dig a hole there. Just just,
2: just, have, a just have a little scrabble. some have a little scrabble. There you go, that'll do.
1: You just yeah. have one of them little shovels.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like a trail, like a tiny trail. To
1: be fair to it though, when Kevin plays that little piece on his sound check on his keyboard and then looks at her like, you know, Aren't I amazing? I'd be like yeah. And yeah, no, I'm going.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. is that the time? I've got to get that flight. I've got, I've got to get that flight. Like, yes,
1: it's great. <laughs> Pop it on the fridge.
2: <laughs> she says, sticking it down the toilet. <laughs> I did. Uh, to be fair, like I quite like Kevin. I think he seems adorable. And actually, it was annoying me after a bit that she was thinking of breaking up with him because so I was like, why? He seems like a sweet guy. Also, I've got like I'm very much a girl who enjoys. Uh, like i'll crush on creative people like nobody's business so if you're in a band i've probably got a crush on you (laughs) like if you're an actor i've probably got a crush on you like if you write stuff probably got a crush on you like don't don't even worry about it like it's just crushes everywhere it's fine um but like he seems like actually a genuinely nice dude and seems to really he's, care. He's like about you're, her.
1: you're all around nice, nice guy '80s kid. Yeah, he's genuinely... Yeah. I mean, the only reason he remembers all the song is so that the tune to play is because it's so he can save her life.
2: Yeah, which was another thing that baffled me because they sort of re- lean really heavily on the idea of that, like the power of music, but then also don't really put any effort into that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. like, Doesn't even sound like it. But
2: no we've just like we've played one note that'll do Oh, healed
1: <laughs> job done and, i mean is is it okay to admit that julie is kind of awful
2: oh no she absolutely is yeah she, i don't she
1: fucks over these people in need because her mother's mysteriously reappears like who does she think her parents were like are they peter parker's parents where it's like you know, well... well we've been working on some <laughs> top secret government stuff <laughs>
2: I'm a spy, says Oz. Says like, weird yeah. that
1: this never came up when you were alive or, you know, I never noticed anything. It's, just, it's, the and fact it's that suspicious she doesn't that you ask, appear now and you want that exact thing.
2: She doesn't ask a single question. She's not like, <laughs> where's dad? What the fuck have you been doing for the last year? Like, what did I bury? Who did I bury? Who did I cremate? <laughs> like, there's none of this there's just like instant acceptance I've got I, I've got to admit I did write down in my notes like hey imagine falling for the uh the old fake mom trick because uh she immediately does it which, which is just but it's just baffling to me because I mean I But sp- I mean I, okay so maybe if you're that traumatized maybe you just like want your mom to be alive so much you'd be like yeah all right this will do
0: but it, like you yeah. say it's
2: the idea it's the convenience of like oh what if you just gave me that key that you've been protecting all day though? and she's like all right <laughs> not a single hmm. not let like, you
1: know oh it's just it's the one thing these guys need to get home but after they've got home yeah i'll, I'll bring it to you no problem or like
2: all. oh why don't you come to my friends and we can all work together no it's just like oh you stay there secretly in the alleyway and i'll get the key it's but, fine i do really like the design of the key though to be fair yeah. i think it's very swish
1: the the, um, the bit where she changes back into Evil in just, just freaked me out as a kid. That's so well done. The way she suddenly, you know, you've done well, my darling, or whatever it is. I yeah. mean, Courtney Cox is screaming at her afterwards. Is a bit like oh, that's a bit so bobbly, but
2: she go yeah, she goes a little bit far with that one, doesn't she?
1: And that's <laughs> no disrespect to uh, Courtney Cox because you know I love her in the scream film. So
2: oh, and, I think uh, I think she's great in this film to be honest. But yeah, June I, is an unwatchable character.
1: I think <laughs> I think they're all playing it at the level it deserves. Yeah. I think even Frank Langella is like giving it his all. is like you know, I also am aware that I'm in a ridiculous fucking movie, but my kids oh. are gonna love me
2: do you know what it kind of reminds me of not to keep talking about the turtles but i will because i fucking love them in the sec in the secret of the Us, the second live action turtles movie david warner plays yeah. uh the scientist in it who's like looking around with the Us to create Tucker and razor and he is giving that perfect level of like no i'm a serious professor working in the sciences. is me alongside all southern look at this shit <laughs> Like like look at this absolute nonsense what I just made. Look at that, it's mad isn't it. Um and I think it's absolutely perfect in that. And I think this film is very much on that level as well of like everybody knows. Like this is banana, absolutely bananas, but fuck it. <laughs> like we'll go with it, let's do it properly.
1: It always reminds me of the Jasper Carrot bit about doing um the detectives of Robert Powell. He's like, he's a despire test- and he wants to know what his motivation is for sticking this ferret down his trousers and Jasper because like, it's fun, get it down there. <laughs> That's like, very much how I pitched, you know. Right. Frank, yeah. Frank Langella just being like, what's my motivation here? <laughs> it's you, like, you think that like... muscly, oily guy's a prick.
2: <laughs> yeah. You hate that guy. You want all the power. I love when his costume changes into that big, sexy gold one.
1: I hate that costume.
2: Really? I think it, it's stunning.
1: I, I hate <laughs> it. it. It looks like they fucking found it on the set of Big Trouble in Little China. and
2: <laughs> It really does. It just <laughs> It oh, it's
1: definitely
2: made up a bunch of hands me down. Yeah, it's, it's, Yeah, I suppose.
1: It's a bit like the Michael Bay Transformers films. It's a bit like they just over-designed it all. Yeah. Like, instead of celebrating the simplicity, and it just, like I say, it, it just doesn't feel skeletal. It feels like something they found on a set and <laughs> hodgepodged it together.
2: Yeah, oh, I kind of loved it for that, because it looked to me like it just looked so just idiotically grandiose. Like, he was just like, yeah, fuck it, this is me now. <laughs> but like I just thought yeah that's fine I'll accept that I'll totally accept that Um,
1: he's a big gold sex toy that's all he is
2: I mean (laughs) yeah that is true we haven't talked yet about the segment where they're all on little hoverboards (laughs) and everybody looks like a hero clicks (laughs) (laughs) I love that segment because uh it just looks so silly now like, I feel like when I was a kid I probably loved it I was like they were flying ah! but now I look at it and I'm like oh no oh they tried
1: <laughs> I think hoverboards were the hot shit in the 80s
2: oh yeah absolutely oh this movie ticks so many of those like 80s boxes it's like swords and sorcery but also like space and pew pew guns like laser guns it's weird and shit going also... down
1: in small town America
2: yeah and like uh, you know just people generally being kind of weird <laughs> like i, Un- I
1: unspecified yeah. high schooler age that you know you're old enough to live by yourself if your parents die but
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but did, you're I, also I...
1: going to miss your high school senior yeah. dance or whatever it is
2: like the, 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 the yeah whatever like prom thing that they were prepping for which um It's a weird night for her to decide to move, I think. Yeah. In all honesty, especially because it seems like although she's packed everything in her house, nothing seems to be actually sealed, like none of the boxes are sealed or closed and labelled and ready to go. So I don't know what she's expecting to happen to all of her things when she leaves. (laughs) Um, Guess somebody. uh, Kevin's probably sorting that out until she jumps in a couple of days later, I guess.
1: Did you pack all my shit and label it? It's like, cool, yeah, you chucked. Oh, I do love her first line about like doing the thing. It's like never thought I'd be sorry for that. For that to be the last time I ever do that. It's like fuck off.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I'd she's, be like it's... Neil
1: from The Inbetweeners, drop it and walk off.
2: <laughs> it is just funny to me that she's the character that we're supposed to sort of get behind. Yeah. Uh, because to me, it's like you're either plumbing for He-Man or you're plumbing for Kevin. Like, because <laughs> I think Kevin just seems really sweet. All he wants is to make good music and, like, not have his girlfriend leave him.
1: <laughs> he's an 80s kid with a dream. Yeah I, yeah. I do love that the piece of advice that her friend in the restaurant gives her is pretty much, don't dump me, boyfriend.
2: Yeah. She's like, do Must be defined by
1: this man. Do not dump. <laughs> it's not even like a, he's a nice guy or anything like that. It's like, don't dump, yeah. dump him. You'll regret it one day.
2: <laughs> I mean. I think she's right i think i think kev seems like a pretty good catch to me but, you know i mean aside from the part where he got smacked around a lot by Beastman and then yeah. um gave away a load of stuff because of a magical truth collar i don't quite know to what that fair, thing there, does there
1: don't look to be many men in that town there's the guy who uh they steal his food while he's kissing his girlfriend in the front seat of the car you've got carl the janitor who at mm. least you know when he sees the bad guys, like you kids can't be in here it's like really <laughs> what about that car made you think they're kidding? i did write later on when they wheel him out you know thank fuck carl's alive
2: yeah oh yeah because it, um, it you've you got charlie
1: done. in the record shop or lubick um you
2: know no charlie in the record shop right uh has a line that i still can't understand and i even asked rich about it when we were watching it the other day because i was like what does this mean which he sort of they're trying to it's the part where Gwildor is trying to like sort out the frequency to get the gate to Eternia back open while He-Man and Man-at-Arms are having a scrap in the actual music store and and he says something along the lines of oh this is just like Invasion of the Body Snatchers yeah it's nothing like that no (laughs) nobody snatched any bodies at all and like I don't remember him, but I mean I've only seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers once, but I don't remember it having like a shootout in a music store or Weird, people diddling on a synthesizer trying to. He even to says the they're like
1: pod people. It's like, no, nothing yeah. about these people. it's it's not so like He Man and he knows, Keeler and like
2: the Like Yeah, and he knows what the movie is. Um, and it would have made so much more sense if he'd have seen Julie's Dead Mob and yeah. been like, Oh shit. Because even though shapeshifting is different to being a body snatcher, at least you could sort of maybe yeah. almost get that part. But he's literally just watching a tiny weird gingerman like diddling with a, a synthesizer to open up a portal into space, and he's like, "Oh yeah, invasion of the body snatchers." And I'm like, "There's got to be some other thing."
1: It's that you such could a have weird said. pull as well. Given that yeah. the last remake of that was like ten years old, it would have made more sense. Really like, it's like fucking Star Wars out there or something like that. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, with all the pew pew guns happening. You can said, look Absolutely, you know, the swords. Well, yeah.
1: It, I yeah just, I just, it, it is a weird yeah. pull, but then he's a weird character. I love the fact that, you know, <laughs> when Lubick asks him if he's got a gun for when he gets robbed, he's like, yeah, I've got this big fucking shotgun. <laughs> yeah. like, really, Charlie?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't imagine him shooting a gun ever.
1: No. And um, I do like that Lubick tells well. him to stay in the shop that is clearly on fire. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lubick is genuinely brilliant in it. Because I love, I wrote down in my notes, why is he such a penis and why do I enjoy him so much?
0: Because he he's the only like... one that
1: looks at the key and is like, that ain't a synthesizer.
0: Okay, look, if you talk to Julie, could you tell her that... Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is the police. Who is this? Who is this? Who are you talking to? Um, it was just a friend of Julie's. Say, so, you hungry? No. We are talking about this thing, weren't you? But what what, what... what is this thing? It's a synthesizer. Oh, yeah? Is, how, how, how does this thing work? Just press these buttons right here. Like this? Oh, whoa, whoa, careful! Careful! I don't think this is any synthesizer.
2: Yeah, he's the only one who's sensible about anything. Everything he sees, he's grumpy at because he's like, that shouldn't fucking be there. This is causing me a problem. You're all just causing me so many fucking issues. Stop shooting things. Stop bringing people from other dimensions here in big fucking floating nonsense. What are we doing here?
1: <laughs> Why can't I just meet a weird alien woman in a castle? Or a exactly. guy, an oiled-up, muscly guy in his pants. Yeah. Just I'm wear looking for, a mate. robe.
2: All I want to do is lounge around in my robe with my sexy woman. That's all I want to do. And you're like, do you know what? I understand that motivation. <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense to me.
1: <laughs> I, I love Gwildor's little souped-up pink car as well.
2: Oh, his little, uh, what did he call it? Like a primitive land boat yeah. or something, which I thought was adorable.
1: I wonder what they do with the half of that that makes it back to Eternia.
2: <laughs> I did find it odd. Because at no point in the rest of the film, when they do a portal in anywhere, do any of the bits of scenery come with them? So I'm, I'm guessing
1: because it was a weird makeshift one. So.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't but... need to understand the science of portals because it ain't real. I think it's like... just so they had
1: something to hide behind, but because <laughs> yeah. they don't, they don't take half the little pond thing with them.
2: No, just half a car uh, and a bit of the wall. Yeah, maybe a tr- maybe a tree. I feel like there might have been a tree.
1: It would have been um, great if she hadn't shot out that music that the speaker blaring at the music, if that had come with them as well and was just in a tourney, still blaring that music.
2: <laughs> that would have been actually great. I, uh, I think. I think for me, so I, I do genuinely enjoy this film and I don't mind that there's a bit set on earth, even though it doesn't really make sense, because mostly when you get things like this. You set bits on Earth, like Sonic the Hedgehog, for example. You set yeah. things on Earth because we need that human like connection, that human character to glom onto. It's, it's the whole which, Doctor Who
1: companion thing, isn't it? It's like yeah. they are only there to be our fucking way into it.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't really make sense with He-Man because everybody's so humanoid that it feels like, why are we bothering? Like Eternians are in- humans for intense, all intents and purposes. Well, yeah, and they they climatise but...
1: to Earth very quickly. So.
2: Yeah, um, and Earth seems to not be even remotely bothered that they're there. Like, even a tiny, tiny bit. Like I say,
1: there's nobody in that town. There's a whole no. fucking war that happens on Main Street and nobody turns up until after everybody's nobody. gone and Lubick's, like, you know, telling your man they were fucking here, you pricks.
2: I could tell you now, if this movie was set now, there would be a thousand people on that street with their phones out. <laughs> just <laughs> filming it all like, oh, my God. <laughs> this nightmare invasion is happening. Help.
1: Um, it's just weird because people are cleaning their houses. the lights are on. but well, and the school yeah. dance ain't happening because the school because no,
2: the school's <laughs> dead now. Um, but I will say, like I, I do, I do think this movie needs more out and I do feel like it needs more of a sort of because we don't even really get to see Skeletor being too evil. Like no. he's, ve- he's very, he's uh, very grumpy, and he's very like, um, you know, he delegates a lot of orders to people. But he doesn't really do a fat lot, which is a bit of a shame.
1: No, he, he kills <laughs> one of his minions.
2: Kills one of his own minions, like a. And, and taunts
1: dude. the sorceress every so often.
2: <laughs> yeah, which is a bit harsh. Um, but I do, and and overall... Chucksey will in in
1: the hot seat because he's kind of like, well, you should put your <laughs> fucking mash shirt, shouldn't you, woman? Because <laughs> again, is I... career woman, overstepping her bounds.
2: Yeah. I do love that she just fucks off at the end. She's like, you know yeah. what? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: Off. I, I love that Beastman it... and the the other one, Peggy Mitchell, goes with her. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's him. It's like we can't oh, yeah. lose scared of torture like we fucking can. He's like, yeah, no, you're right, we can.
2: I He's feel like I feel like Beastman. We haven't talked enough about Beastman, but I feel like he is great as well. Uh, it's a shame that he can't really talk because of his teeth. Um, but like costume wise, he just looks like a sort of muted orange version of the <laughs> of the cartoon one, which is like, yes, brilliant. The only problem I have with watching this movie now is that um since the last time I've seen this film, I've discovered the song Skeletal versus Beastman. I don't know if this is a song no. that you're aware of. Okay, well it is very, 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 very not safe for work. It's a song by I wanna say Brandon DiCamillo from Jackass. Right. And it's it's just him and the, the Jackass guy is just like saying lewd things. But he's doing an impression of Skeletor and or Beastman at some point throughout it. So it's all things like Skeletor telling Beastman to open his ass up like a cake so he can tap it and things. <laughs> and uh, and of course, having that in the back of your head now, whenever Beastman's on screen, you're just like, Oh no, I'm a bit embarrassed. Can't yeah. look directly
1: at him. <laughs> my my thing with Beastman is just the way the actor plays him. It's very weird body movements.
2: Oh when he's He's very he much just... like
1: he just watched a load of the uh Universal monsters, Wolfman films—just kind of like,
2: yeah, that's that's
1: pretty much how I do it. It's like,
2: uh. I did wonder whether he didn't have much like movement in the in the glovey yeah, hands of the costume, because he seems to slap people around a lot more than he does actually like punch anyone or like grab anyone. He just sort some of, like palms them in the head. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean the fights are all kind of something and nothing. As a kid, you just go along with it, but it's very much mm. like you know. Either he man knocks one of them into the other one, or like I say with Blade, who's built up as like this. I mean, he has swords. that line of like, you know, I've been waiting for this a long time. It's like, okay, cool. Okay. What are you going to do? And then sort of, it, like I say, gets slapped at a screen from the bottom, and you never see him again.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I, I've got to say, there were more fights in this than I remembered. Yeah. Because um, I, in my head, I felt like once they're on Earth, there wasn't an awful lot of fighting, but there actually is. Um,
1: it's because you Which... have weird moments like He-Man and Julie sitting in trash and he's like, you know, yeah. yeah, we need to get home. We just need to find this key thing. Have you seen this key thing or something strange? She's kind of like, no. And he's like, it's like this. And what, we've got buttons on it. Like, oh, no, I have seen that. It's like Really? <laughs> you didn't think the man from space might be connected to the weird thing you found in the grave?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like that, that cosmic key looks like nothing, though, that anybody is holding or touching like that the people that come from Eternia don't look like they created that key like that key just looks baffling compared to everything else. so i don't know if i would have put the two together although well, no, i'd probably a, just be synthesizer yeah i, I probably <laughs> would have just been staring at darth lundgren's chest the entire time like uh-huh it's fair
1: uh-huh
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's like you're safe now i'm like uh-huh yeah uh-huh just okay yeah just keep me just hold me <laughs> I love how every time I do a podcast with people, I come across as this, like, absolutely thirsty nightmare. But, like, I'm a sex-averse asexual woman. It's, like, totally the opposite of me. But I just appreciate, like, a nice pair of pics is all yeah. I'm saying. No,
1: it's, it's, it's weird now. It wouldn't, <laughs> like, you know, that that was the human physique of the 80s. Mm. I
2: now wouldn't it, do it, if... it. wouldn't be
1: muscly enough, would it? You'd I would have have muscle like... on his muscles
2: if we made a movie, like if there was a He-Man movie now, like what that would look like costume wise as well, because there's no way they'd have people running around in their undercrackers. Like,
1: yeah, it's a strange think... thing. So where'd you go with He-Man? Do you maybe do the new adventures cartoon where we at least had long trousers on? He still you know, had the bare chest. But...
2: I never watched that. But I, I like did. I was I massively
1: excited for that when it came out. It was a little disappointing. I Cause this know. film sort of came out at a weird time where He-Man was largely, I think the cartoon had ended. So I think financially, Canon were like, yeah, we'll chuck the money in and Mattel will put in some of it as well. And they just kept going back to Mattel and be like, we need more fucking money. We need more fucking money. So they were <laughs> partly responsible for killing the toy line as well because they just drained them. Oh, God. Because, um, yeah, I think they moved over to She-Ra at that point and were just rerunning old episodes of He-Man.
2: Yeah. And She-Ra was having... the new stuff. I loved She-Ra
1: so And then much. Yeah, then they did the new adventures, which when I saw those toys for the new adventures, which <laughs> ironically became the toys for Demolition Man, they just repainted them. Um, but when I saw those toys I was like oh they're doing movie toys because they look closer to the movie than the cartoon I didn't know there was a new cartoon coming I was like they don't look right for the movie but they don't look like the cartoon either they must be movie toys they're finally doing
0: Hmm.
1: and um yeah and then like I say He-Man died after that and then came back in the early 2000s with that pretty decent cartoon and then came back recently with the
2: Kevin Smith one which was I didn't get through it
1: didn't like it (laughs) I can honestly it, say I didn't like it. I really like uh, after school with my youngest. We've been watching the more kids aimed one. Yeah, it's the CGI one where he man's got the massive sword and everything. Really enjoy that. It's really yeah. funny in places as well. It's like the king is Skeletor's the king's brother, and like when he sees Skeletor again for the first time, Skeletor's like, "I'm, I'm back, and you don't even come." He's like, "What? You change your hair, and I'm supposed to notice?" <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen Fry's many uh, many faces.
2: Oh, that's wonderful! I haven't seen that one because I um.
1: It's right. It's I very watched... aimed at kids.
2: Yeah, but... I, I watched the trailer for it and I thought, oh, that's not for me, but that's fine. Like I'll let the kids have it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I mean, my thing with the Kevin Smith one was that it was, I didn't. It's like you know, oh, there's a character you love. No, we've killed them. We've completely killed them. It's like they're not just dead; they're dead, dead. <laughs> and it's I like, only got bring... a couple
2: of episodes into it, and there was um. <sighs> I couldn't gel with a couple of the voice choices. Yeah. They felt very much like, oh, I've chosen these people because I happen to know them or they're my daughter. Yeah. And not necessarily because they're the best person for the job.
1: Yeah, um, He-Man was the guy from Supergirl, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Monel. Oh, yeah. I can't think of um, the one who's now married or dating Supergirl in real life.
2: Yeah, I can't remember. But like, or I or just, something. yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't enamoured with it really, and I thought, you know, no, what, that's fine though. It, it's fine. There's, pe-
1: there's people it. who like it, so <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: the score's great for that though, as well. The Bear McCreary score,
1: yeah,
2: wonderful. Um,
1: it's, um, he does the
2: good best score
1: one. though. Oh yeah. Um, Again, the, I, the... I can like the score and not the product. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, that is pretty much how I feel about the Transformers movies. Like Steve Jablonsky's score for the first yeah. one, Arrival to Earth, is one of the best pieces of like score music I think like ever.
1: It still and... cracks me up, that they did not make that readily available. And then when they did, it was kind of like, if you don't buy it now, though, it's going to be gone. And it's like, fuck, I missed it. And it's so fucking expensive now. I'll have to fucking iTunes, I guess. But <laughs> I like having um... the physical thing. I'm very much a film score guy, and I like them physical... <laughs> to the point where yeah. I spent like 30-odd quid on La La Land Bush. And I need to get the score to this film. I really do, but i just finding it at a decent price that I can justify oh. it.
2: Yeah, I couldn't even find this film on DVD the other day because I was, uh, I di- it's not streaming anywhere. And I wasn't sure if I had it or not. And because I was too lazy to go and check my shelf, I thought, do you know what? If I look on Amazon and it's like two quid, I'll just buy it again. I don't even care. Doesn't even know. Nobody wants you to have it. <laughs>
1: I've got it on Blu ray that I think I imported from Germany or somewhere like that.
2: Well, thankfully, it turns out I had it on DVD. And my husband was like, I am disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're upscaling Um, it to (laughs) blu-ray
2: oh god honestly if i could i would because i really like
1: it i i (laughs) like it 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 looked good in blu-ray as well i must admit (laughs) it it cleaned up nicely because i like i say i watched this as a kid and then because 87 i was eight so it was probably would have been nine by the time i actually got to see it and then i moved on to turtles and all that so he-man dropped by the wayside and then it wasn't until i caught it on sky movies like halfway through i think it was when they were having the big fight in the middle of town
2: I was like,
1: I'm going to watch this, see if it's as shit as I think it actually might be. i <laughs> actually really enjoying it. So I bought it on Blu-ray. more. Of it, I was like,
0: why the fuck have you got that? And I was like, oh, I like it. And then when didn't I watch it
1: again until tonight. Just now.
2: <laughs> when I told my hubby I was recording this podcast, he was like, why that film? And I was like, I chose it. Because <laughs> like, he was adamant that like you were like forcing me to watch this for some reason. And I was like, I wouldn't be on a podcast where I didn't want to watch the thing.
1: I've we only forced one person it. to watch a film and that was when I made Al Henderson watch the shadow movie from the nineties. So um,
2: <laughs> But to be honest, I am I, um, I'll just watch anything if it means I get to do a podcast about it because yeah. I just fucking love talking.
1: <laughs> yeah. so you may I, have noticed. I just like talking about films, but um sort of wrapping up the film quickly then so obviously we get the final fight in the dark because they ran out of money. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And, um, <laughs> again, that's that's a fight that's sort of something to nothing. Uh Skeletor falls down the bottomless pit that is obviously has got a bottom. Which weirdly he's screaming, but his mouth isn't moving at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I say, blade goes out like a punk. Then yeah. lubric quickly builds a new life and gets himself a lady and a <laughs> castle. I do love that. It's just like, so you're really gonna stay, lubric? He's like, yeah, because you know this and this. Yeah.
2: He's like, what the fuck else have I got? Your bullshit back on Earth now. I, I got to go back yeah. and deal
1: with the other pricks from the precinct who didn't even believe me there was a fucking army there. <laughs> I do wonder how that's gonna get explained. But then. Well, we'll get to it in a minute, but and I like the little ribbons all in Gwyldor's hair. That's how how we talk. I love the bit where Gwyldor comes out in people clothes, which I'm assuming is like Julie's dead mum's clothes.
2: Yeah, I did think about that, and do you know what? It kind of reminded me of you know that bit where in ET where he dresses as a little old lady. It just reminded me of that sort of, which I don't like because I'm actually quite scared of ET. That's not a joke. I am my, genuinely frightened of ET. My eldest was
1: terrified of ET. I tried to show it to him, and it just freaked him out.
2: Yeah, I, I still mean, to be fair,
1: ET does look like a turd with big legs. Like...
2: Well, he looks—he looks like a turd, and he moves real weird, and he does that like extendy thing with his neck, and he talk like he's just everything. He's got a light finger, just everything about him is just disastrous. Um, but the the bigger problem is when your sister clocks onto the fact that you don't really like ET very much, and hides under your bed and starts going oh, oh, <laughs> after you, trying to go to sleep. That, um, that'll do it. That'll definitely do it, yeah. With a little um, torch that she was under the bed as if he was, like, lighting up his finger. I was like, why are yeah. you doing this to me? Why? Oh.
1: I do like a girl and that stuff, though. It's like, if we dress in these people's clothes, nobody will recognise them. And then Kevin's like, what the hell is that? He's like, see? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is, that is adorable. There are some, like, jokes in this film that really land and then others that I don't get at all. Like, there's a, there's a bit I'm not sure it's supposed to be a joke where I think it's when they're fighting in the music store and Tila decides to go and join them because she's like you need
1: a fucking yeah, woman touch or whatever Lub- lubick's like you know aren't they your friends out there and she's like oh shit yeah they
0: are she's like, yeah in.
2: i suppose i should and i have got a gun so she goes out there and shoots a few people and then looks almost dead at camera and just goes woman at arms <laughs> like you're supposed to laugh like oh it's like man at arms but she's a woman but it's not a line it's not she literally just says those three words and then the scene moves along and you're like what did i
1: See the, the seen... one I find amusing is when Gwildor's like when he explains how he ended up giving the key away. He's like, a woman came, a beautiful woman, and then Man at Arms is like, that'll be evil, Lynn. That'll it's be evil. There's man. clearly some history going on here.
2: What gets me about that is that there's the, so little we've seen of Eternia at that point, makes you think that she might actually be the only other woman other yeah. than Teela, and obviously he can't think of his own daughter as sexy because that's gross so he's like oh beautiful woman well it's not you so it's got to be her.
1: it's <laughs> got evil Lynn all the sorceress and the sorceress is wearing that weird clan outfit so
2: yeah she just looks like a just a walking picnic blanket it's just sad
1: <laughs> so it's, it's evil Lynn. at least you know she's dressed sexy and she's got those eyes it's just the way it's like it's a beautiful woman he's like that'll be evil Lynn.
2: yeah
1: it's like, it's like yeah I reckon there's a whole story there where she's actually Teela's mum and...
2: <laughs> do you know what that wouldn't surprise me at all and I, I also quite like the idea though that like pretty much everybody thinks Evelyn's fit <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like everyone in this is like oh well if she wasn't evil I probably would yeah
1: <laughs> I mean to be fair who doesn't like a bad girl <laughs>
2: yeah that's true that is true
1: it's like you know it's like she might kill me but some things are worth the risk
2: <laughs> anything could kill you you know you've Fairly. got to give things a whirl don't you? <laughs>
1: That's so what go out with a bang. <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously we get the uh, Wildor offering to send them back anywhere, and Julie's like, "No, no, no, we should just get home." You know, I got to ditch this prick. And
2: yeah,
1: he's like, "No, I can send you anywhere." Which do we think Wildor was like? Now, nah, fuck, it, I'm going to send her back in time anyway. Or do you think th- he had enough time to change it as she went into the wormhole? No,
2: I, th- I think he, I think he was giving her the option. But then upon realising that her, like, traumatised from the last few hours brain hadn't quite clicked what he was saying, was like, I might just do this anyway. Um, But what it does mean now, I mean, I know it's great for her because she's got, like, her parents back and stuff. And it seems like Kevin remembers what happened as well. But, like, everybody else... Like Does everybody else in the town remember? Am I going to have to like sit through doing school for a full fucking year again? Or
1: <laughs> yeah, this this I mean time travel stuff is always the Austin Powers thing. I know, you know oh I've gone cross eyed because um, you know <laughs> is this set up a new timeline? Is this you know? I do love how low energy your parents are. Like it does, like you know, put those keys down or or oh, yeah.
2: Oh, she's gone. Oh, well. she's got,
1: oh, she's got a horrible fucking nightie on as well.
2: <laughs> oh, that nightie is a... Did people wear nighties like that in the 80s? Because, like, admittedly, I was born in 85, so obviously I was, you know, more of a 90s lass. But, like, I don't remember ever seeing anybody in my household wearing, a, like, a full, long nightie.
1: <laughs> like, it looks like one of those weird ones where, like, we can't have a show with any form of flesh. We don't want to, like, you know, risk the MPA giving us a...
2: It, it looks to me like adult rating because like we saw her a leg. Yeah, it looks to me like a like the kind of a nightie that you would expect like a ghost from Victorian times to be. A, in. a ghost <laughs> or the wolf
1: in Little Red Riding Hood.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it just, I'm surprised you like, have a little seat bonnet.
2: Bonnet, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! But
1: I do no. love that she's clearly fucking traumatized, and her parents are kind of like, oh, don't be silly. It's, it's a short flight.
2: Yeah, they don't seem to care at all. I mean, I know it was the like... 80s and
1: mental health was a very different thing then, but...
2: Yeah. Also, I don't quite know how I would react if anybody I knew said to me, like, don't get this plane, I've got a bad feeling, because I'd be like, is this Final Destination? <laughs> what is what is happening? Like, I don't know if I would get on the plane or not. Like, I probably wouldn't. I'm very weird. Like, I don't, it, it, it put
1: that niggling doubt in my mind, and being kind of like, yeah. maybe I'll I'm, get the next one.
2: I'm one of those people who, like, logically I know that, like, ghosts and things don't exist, but if something vaguely spooky happens i would be like it's a ghost uh so so like yeah that sort of thing if somebody said to me like you know don't get on that ferry because it's gonna so i've got a bad feeling about it i'll be like oh no i can't now (laughs) because i'm scared even though it's probably fine
1: yeah. I like that Kevin's got the little Eternia thing as well, which I thought they gave to her, but I might have missed it. They
2: did give it I, to her.
1: I had to rewind did to see what happened to Blade. So, I, uh, this, nearly that it. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, he just fell off. Just fell off. <laughs>
1: just. And, and there's a tiny little He-Man in it doing. I have the power. And...
2: Yeah, that that was a bit sad because mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen that at some point. Actually, like you know, within the movie with a consequence. Um, yeah
1: because he sort of does it when he gets the sword back from Skeletor, doesn't he? and then it's but it's again something and nothing it's not like yeah you, you th- it re- doesn't
2: give him any more power or anything no and like what I really was hoping there as well because like what one of the things I love about 80s movies is the terrible songs that you tend to get at the end of them that are sometimes brilliant sometimes dreadful and I was really hoping that was going to lead into like a you know, like, and I have the power, like eighties rock song or something. And instead, it just we just get a bit more score, which is like it's a good score. Like, you know, don't worry about it; that's good. But I just would, I think, I would have loved, like, do you know the song that was at the end of the uh, of the She-Ra, like the He-Man and She-Ra movie? Yeah. For the honor of love, like that one, that would have been great. Something akin to that at the end of this movie, I'd have loved it. I
1: said, well, they played living in a box earlier. They could have just reprised that at the end. So. <laughs> You, you want a, like a Huey Lewis song, don't you? Like Power of yeah. Love from the end of Back to the Future. You want something like that?
2: I love that song.
1: just the,
2: classic, that is.
1: It was the 80s. I'm sure Kenny Loggins could have knocked something together for him. <laughs> but,
2: Can you imagine? Bender needed more money.
1: Eh? <laughs> again, probably kind of like, shit, we were going to have a song, we were going to have a whole tie-in single, but just, we blew just... all our money on living in a box and the rest <laughs> of this shit. So, and Dolph's um, Oil.
2: <laughs> yeah, just just the baby or quotient. Uh... <laughs> oh dear. Which
1: which Lubick got a shiny little head, so I do, I do wonder if he's just kind of like, you know, whatever's left on the rag, he's just like.
2: Maybe it's an Eternian thing. Maybe, maybe. they're just naturally just shiny, shiny people.
1: <laughs> See, a few years later, they could have had an REM song tie into that.
2: They could have, yeah. It would have been weird, but they could
1: have. No, you can end a film with everybody hurts. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, at the end of the credits we get, which is going to lead us nicely into talking about sequels, uh, Skeletor pops up and declares Mm. that he'll be back. Um, He will,
2: I'm sure.
1: He wouldn't. (laughs) Um, Obviously, there was going to be a sequel, which became the jean claude Van Damme film Cyborg.
2: Oh, I've never seen that.
1: Uh, I've seen, it's one of those films, I think I've seen it, but then I watched a video, like an Oliver Harper video on it, and I was like, I don't actually think I have seen this film. Again, I think it's just one that I, like, you know, enough people at school told me about it that I think I've seen it.
0: Mm. And then
1: it's actually nothing like what they told me about. In that way that school kids describe films way better than they actually are.
2: Because <laughs> you get the abridged version, you see, of like, the, three, the three good scenes.
1: <laughs> you, you get a lot of, the, and then, and then, and then there's this <laughs> epic fight and then you watch it, it's like, punches him once, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just but, like
2: two non-moving figures wafting around, like in the air, apparently.
1: Yeah, doing... I think it was... It was meant to be, I want to say, the canon Spider-Man film and Master the Universe 2 became Cyborg, which there's fuck all Spider-Man in it. Um, there's mixed things on it. There's a very good documentary about canon films called Electric Boogaloo um, that sort of talks about it and how they basically bankrupted themselves. <laughs> it's a Superman for this. Cyborg didn't do very well. And it <laughs> all sort of imploded on itself. But because um, again they spent so much fucking money on this film it wasn't theirs cause they were just like Mattel will keep bankrolling rolling it until Mattel were like fuck off no and they are like shit do it in the dark
2: what's interesting about that is that this movie does not look like a lot of money was spent on it <laughs> like no, at all Like, like aside from the way. set from, aside from the set like inside of Castle Greyskull which looks really nice um, yeah it doesn't really look like an awful lot <laughs>
1: No. Did they Depends spend a why lot the rest of on a, cow? a school hall, <laughs> an empty house, and a, rec- and a music shop?
2: Oh God, those uh, poor instruments! So many yeah. guitars got squashed.
1: I know. I, I really hope Charlie had decent insurance.
2: Yeah.
1: Again, how's he going to make that claim though? Like, well, there were these. There was a space battle. It's like, look, there was a cop there who witnessed it. And <laughs> he gets back, <laughs> yeah. i sure... But now that we're in an alternate timeline, does that mean there's still a Lubick on Earth?
2: Oh, God. You
1: won't go to a turn, yeah?
2: Oh, don't don't get me started on this. <laughs> I almost had a brain meltdown recently because the um the new turtles movie, Rise of the TMNT, that's on Netflix now, and yeah. everybody should watch it because it's good. Has a big time travel element to it, and donnie explains it away as a bifurcated time branch as in so that future still happens but this one is now off doing its own thing which is like okay that sounds great except for that future still happens and that one's still dreadful yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the sort of thing i'm thinking about with this is that like well okay so that makes it for her but is there still a timeline where her parents are still dead she's about to leave kevin still <laughs> probably
1: <laughs> but <Luke's laughs> they, happy
2: so yeah uh is he ever happy? I feel like he's just like a constant grump.
1: Yeah, I like that's I, his
2: personality.
1: <laughs> I get the feeling that, you know, he'll one day meet Orko and that'll be the end of it. Mm. He'll be like, look you fucker, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's talk as well, there's meant to be a live action movie coming to Netflix for years, they were trying to do another live action movie, and it just never got off the ground. I think because it just costs so much money to do it, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's the thing, is that like, you know, it's funny, as, as much as people say, like, oh, there should be more Eternia in this movie, if you actually watch an episode of He-Man, <laughs> a lot of it does happen in just, like, barren wastelands because yeah. animators weren't getting paid enough to do really good backgrounds at the time. <laughs> or, like, the budget was so shoestring. It was like, let's just have this tree, this one tree, and we'll go back to it every now and again. Um,
1: well, i it it was the same shot of He-Man running to the camera and punching in every single episode. <laughs>
2: every single episode. Uh So, like...
1: It's I, the I, disappointing I... thing. You watch that cartoon back now and you're like, shit this is actually oh, yeah. shit i bought one of the box sets i was so excited <laughs> to watch it i was like mm. this is crap and the amount yeah. of times they turn to the camera even same with thundercats but like, i love thundercats but the amount of times yeah. they turn to the camera there and be like because working together is the way we succeed it's like really oh it's breaking the fall like for this shit
2: jerry springer's final thoughts that you get yeah.
1: at the end of he-man that i love. well he-man it was him sat in an armchair next to a fire yeah.
2: And it's like, it's always so incongruous to the story as well. Like, it'll be a story about, I don't know, Merman has come to try and do a murder and they've all slapped each other about a bit and He-Man saves the day. And then he's like, and don't do drugs, kids. You're like, hold on, what? Where were their drugs? What did I miss? You feel like you've done drugs because you don't know what's happened. (laughs) Merman's
1: completely twatted off his tits on sea salt.
2: Oh yeah, what we didn't realise is that he's off his face on crystal meth. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's why he's eating everybody's faces. Yeah. Like, oh. Okay. I don't miss, I must have missed that. Um. But I I do feel like if if there was going to be another live action movie, it would need. It would, yeah, it would need a fairly big budget because I would want to actually finally see like a fully realised Eternia. Yeah. And it would need to look great. <laughs> like I don't want any half-assed bollocks. Like I want it to look good.
1: Yeah. No, I uh, want like you know the main city where because Skull isn't in the city in the cartoons is it? it's uh it's, no, it's... it's its own little thing it's like a derelict fucking ruin that nobody goes near apart from him yeah. um yeah i want like you know that city to look stunning and like you know you really want to live in there and like it's worth Skeletor being like i'm gonna fuck people up to get there
2: yeah yeah because that's the thing it does it does feel like they're scrapping like they're fighting over scraps yeah. <laughs> in this movie well, it's i think cyborg what you're even very trying much to looks over. like
1: eternia in that film, because it is a load of like shit that's crashed and derelict buildings and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I do wonder where they. Because they never would have had the money to appease them Because it would have to be a turning set. They can't keep having and going back to Earth. Yeah. Like, yeah. You sort of get away with it in this film as a way to introduce us to the world.
2: Yeah, I don't think they could get away with that again. And I'm not sure that I'd want them to, to be honest, because I think if I. If I was doing another He-Man movie now, I'd want it to be just like a fight for Eternia. That's what I yeah. want, like a like an Eternian war movie. <laughs> yeah, you just want an epic. <laughs> but with a couple battle. of jokes, because I do like a good joke. I don't want it to be too grim, because then I'll be sad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to be like that uh, Kevin Smith Master Universe thing where Skeletor won. No. Because that's just miserable in the middle. I just want like, you know, a decent, I want there to be stakes, but I just, yeah, I don't want that thing of, you know, Oh, yeah, we won. We fucked everything up. <laughs> How are we going to come back from it? Because you kind of like, you know, no, but I kind of feel like you've destroyed a lot of stuff here along the way. And it's, yeah, I'm not getting over it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like, though, in these sorts of things now, for me to feel like there's genuine states, I feel like people have got to start dying. Like, at least one good character ought to die. Like, this is one of the things, one of the problems I had with Avengers Endgame. Because I was like, you've built Thanos up as being like, Literally unstoppable disaster. Like, we can't, even the Hulk is afraid of him. And then only like two people died, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I was having mixed feelings about killing people. I think if you're killing like the characters, they do kill and kill off in that, you know, you've over time. My problem is when they're like the X Men movies were terrible for it, where they'd be like, um, say, like, have you seen First Class? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Darwin in that, where he just, like, you know, he tells him to adapt to this and shoves the explosive thing inside him. And he just blows up. And you're kind of like, you only did that because you didn't know what to do with Darwin for the rest of the film. And yeah. it really feels like that. And then you get Days of Future Past where it's like, all oh, those characters you invested in the first film, it's like, yeah, we just find out in a file they're all dead now. Yeah,
2: just, just, like, just well, don't worry oh, about it. fuck. Yeah, no, that would be shit. I just feel like I just want a couple, just a little... Just, a, just a hint of stakes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. But the thing is, I don't know if there's anybody at the moment. Like, I don't, I don't know if he man's a character we really need right now.
1: No. Um...
2: <laughs> um, do we, do we need a big manly man to just run around and thump stuff? I don't know.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> I mean, part of the problem at the moment seems to be that a lot of these films. It's like. You've had Black Adam and now they're talking about a Black Adam Superman movie where it's just going to be the two of them punching the shit at each other. It's like, we saw that. We don't need to fucking yeah, see we it. Yeah,
2: don't, we don't need that.
1: But there seems to be this whole thing of like, you know, what well, if we're going to do... I mean, I'd love to see an epic Attorney of War movie. Yeah. Kind of what they did in that early 2000 series, if I remember rightly, because I've been re-watching them because they've been uploading an episode a week on YouTube, and it's all fairly similar to what it used to be. But I'm sure in the second series or the later episodes, you get a proper full-on War for Eternia kind of storyline, and it's really well done.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's the kind of thing I'd want. Like I say, I don't think a sequel to this would have worked as much as they were planning on one. I don't think the film was successful enough to.
2: No, well, I think yeah. I like Dolph Lundgren in the
1: role, but and I like yeah. the other characters. <laughs> And I would have loved to have seen, like, you know, Ram Man and all that being brought in.
2: Yeah, it would have been great if they could have brought in more of those characters, but I feel like they probably would have tried to tie it to Earth again, and I just don't know if that was necessary the second time around.
1: Yeah, because um, it's kind of like, you know, it'll cost us this much to set it on a here. Or, if you go back to Earth... Because... what well, if we
2: just use that that chicken shop again? How <laughs> that? I was like, Judy's right. parents are
1: dead again.
2: <laughs> oh, Oh, OK. Yeah, cool. This time it was a train. Just Somewhere. a constant
1: time loop of Julie's parents dying. <laughs>
2: Transportation disasters.
1: Fixed <laughs> points in time, that sort of thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine if they just die on that day, like later? Just of nothing? In a yeah, kitchen or something? Both
1: have aneurysms. <laughs>
2: <also>. <laughs> aren't we? Aren't we just rays of sunshine? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, dear.
1: We should, you know... We've all seen Final Destination. You fight with death. Death fucks back.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to mess with that shit.
1: Exactly. Did not end well for any of the cast of that film. No. Well, the characters in it. <laughs> Absolutely you, not. Even when you think it did, they uh, did a sequel.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, then
1: several others. I hate that in films. Where it's like, you, you learn that, they, you know, eventually they get caught. So it's like, well, why am I investing these characters in this one?
2: see i don't mind so much like it's like i said i quite like stakes so every now and again i just like somebody like that i that i've quite enjoyed just dying because i'm like or oh, something really terrible happens because then i'm like oh my god like things can actually happen here but i do like yeah i do think there's there are times when it's just uh i don't like like death as a motivation you know like fridging like yeah. you know when we'll kill someone off just to motivate somebody else to do something I'm like
1: they on. killed his wife yeah um now my problem with the final destination ones is as great as they are and as fun as they are to watch it's established in the second one that you know devon sower's character from the first one death eventually got him anyway because death always that's why she's living in a padded room till she comes yeah. out and then death gets her just yeah. kind of like why am i waiting for these people to like beat death because like we've already told me they're never going to beat death so you might as well just accept yeah, it and...
2: first. the fifth one was really good though
1: I can't remember if I've seen the fifth one. Is that the one on the bridge or is that? Uh,
2: I don't remember what the big exciting incident is at the start. Or is that the one at the
1: Speedway race?
2: I genuinely don't remember. But the the two bits I remember about it is the the gymnast. Oh, she goes in an awful way. And then uh, at the end, it loops back round to the first one.
1: Uh, (laughs) I might not have seen that one.
2: Oh, I'd I'd give that one a whirl. I think that one's quite good.
1: I've seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen the first four. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, they're decently entertaining movies. They, yeah. <laughs> they they sort of got shit and then got better again. But um, and I like the second one because Michael Landis is in it from uh, Lois and Clark, the original Jimmy.
2: Which one is it that Mary Elizabeth Winston's in
1: That the third one, I want to say, okay. the roller coaster I one.
2: I don't mind that one then. That roller coaster death is a nightmare. The the worst opening death is the fucking the road with the lorry with all the logs. Yeah, that's the second one. Every time I'm on a motorway, I'm just like, oh, (laughs) just everything's clenched.
1: (laughs) That also happens in the descent as well. And I'm like, I'm just never following anything with pipes on the back of it or logs or... No,
2: nothing like that. Any form
1: of fencing that's going to come flying through and fucking impale me and my child behind me.
2: Those like uh, car recovery, like vehicles that have got like six cars stacked up on them. Yeah. Don't get behind one of those. (laughs) You'll die.
1: (laughs) Anyway, sort of quickly anyway. then, just, just sort of on <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Um, I think we've sort of covered it all, haven't we? It's
2: Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's not exactly what I wanted out of a, of a you know, it's... Masters of the Universe He-Man movie, but it's certainly a, a, a big old bowl of fun.
1: It's a bit like a 90s comic book movie, except we're just so grateful we got to see it. I, again, <laughs> I've, I've said... I've said it before and a couple of other people I've spoken to about different other franchises. Is I'd rather they took a swing at it and missed and it exists.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Than it be like, you know, the Nick Cage, Tim Burton Superman movie where now we're all just like, what would it have been like?
2: That would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it's it's it is shit, but it's really enjoyable shit. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 complete trash. But like, it's trash. I'll happily sit and watch. <laughs>
1: it, it's dumb fun, and everybody's gaming it. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much all you can hope for from a film.
2: Yeah, I think I think if any of the actors in it were like not invested, it would just be a disaster. Like if everybody was just like ugh, then it would be a, a just awful. But I think as it stands, it's just like everybody's having so much fun. It's hard for you not to as well.
1: Yeah, and like I say, there's a really good documentary that was on Netflix. I think it's Power of Greyskull. it's a documentary about the history of human, but there's a really good bit in it with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella talking about being in the film. Yeah. And they both generally have affection for it. Oh. I mean, it was like Dolph Lundgren's first big leading man role after being in briefly in a view to a kill and um Rocky IV. Okay. I wanna say it was Rocky Four. I think it was like his first big leading man sort of film. I might be wrong on that. I might have my timeline's muddled but certainly in a big franchise movie,
2: yeah,
1: or what was hoped to be a big franchise movie before franchises were a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like I say, just lower your expectations and just drop yeah. them a little bit more and just have fun with it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> there are worse movies out there.
2: Oh, god, there really are so many. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of them this week.
1: I quite like bad movies (laughs) you know know, although I have watched some awful ones this week as well that are just bad bad and shouldn't be because they've got amazing people in them but there we go nobody sets out to make a bad movie apparently
0: stand between me and my destiny but i will i told you it was always between us oh i hate to smash you out of existence to drive your cursed face from my memory forever <laughs> yes let this be our final
1: battle all right then well because Last time you we were on it was one of the specials, so we didn't get to do it. I like to end these episodes with the Bernard Pivo questions made famous by Inside the Actors Studio. If you don't mind answering 10, I say quickfire questions, but.
2: Yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> crack it. All
1: right, then. So question one, what is your favourite word?
2: Perplexed. <laughs> is that a weird choice? Nope.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's, there's, there's lots, in, well, it's lots in this film that could perplex you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Why was
1: Dolph so shiny? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, why wasn't anyone else?
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your least favourite word?
2: Um, Phlegm. <laughs> it's a gross word for a gross thing that's spelt weirdly and gross.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those ones that were moist and lush. Lush is a word I hate. I, I,
2: well, I almost went with the word panties first as well, because I fucking hate that. Yeah. Disgusting. Just say pants or knickers or something, boxers. I don't care. Panties is upsetting to me. But I went with phlegm, because I thought panties made me seem like a weirdo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Stay away from black laces, abracadabra, son.
2: Uh I shall.
1: <laughs> that word is used in there. Panties, not phlegm.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh. It would have been
1: good if they worked phlegm in, actually, but... Uh, all right, then. Uh, what turns you on, either creatively, spiritually or emotionally?
2: Uh, passion. People being passionate about things.
1: Yeah. Uh, what turns you off?
2: Closed-mindedness. There you go. Being an asshole.
1: <laughs> Twitter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Except when I'm on it, because I'm really funny. <laughs> um
1: yeah, I know I did a tweet the other day that I thought was hilarious that we were getting through Prime Ministers faster than the sugar babes were getting through remembers. but I got nothing, no traction on it. I was really pleased with oh,
2: that. I hate the Twitter algorithm because sometimes I'll, I'll just tweet out something really funny. Like the other day, I did a tweet about how um, my hubby excused himself to the bathroom and did a fart in there and called it the fart room. And I called it the toot suite, And I tweeted about that because I thought it was really funny. And it got like two likes. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'm not as funny as I thought. <laughs>
1: It's always the one where you got a spell a mistake in it that really annoys you, that people seem to oh, fucking like and retweet.
2: Like, that's Shit. the one that but takes off and you suddenly like,
1: Pollux. I look like a bellend because I put there instead of there.
2: Fucking idiot. Do you know what? Or More my phone autocorrected a word
1: to something. Fucking... My phone's got a weird thing at the minute where it will take a word like call, which yeah. is a perfectly legitimate word or something Perfect like that, word. and just change it to something really random.
2: For reasons I can't fathom, my phone keeps changing Don't into just Don with a capital D. And I'm like, I don't know anyone called Don. I don't think I've ever sent messages about anyone called Don. The only Don I can even think of in my life is Donatello from the Turtles. And I categorically refuse to call him Don because I think that's an old man's name. Yeah. and I will only ever call him Donnie. So I don't I know why it's even Donny in my phone. Face. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like, I just, uh, Where where is this coming from phone? I hate you. You're making me look like a fool. That's
1: it. <laughs> and you can't edit tweets which is a stupid fucking thing anyway um <laughs> what sound or noise do you love
2: uh really cliche rain i love the sound of rain it's so, really relaxing to me
1: if you wake up in the morning and it's raining it's like a, this is a in bed for a bit kind of day
2: yeah unless it's dripping on your head and then you've got a problem but yeah
1: oh dear, yeah that's, yeah. that's <laughs> a that's a different issue all right then what sound or noise do you hate
2: um polystyrene when it squeaks squeaks against itself like when you're unpacking like a TV yeah. or something oh. and it oh it sets my teeth on edge. Oh, yeah, that. that. All
1: right then, uh the big one, what's your favourite curse word?
2: Bollocks. It's very satisfying.
1: Okay. <laughs> satisfying bollocks. Yep. <Yeah. laughs> uh, the title of your autobiography. Save it.
2: <laughs> the title of my autobiography is actually like uh Where's the Nearest Toilet? An IBS story, I think. <laughs>
1: Probably. See, I always wanted to use the one Bruce Campbell didn't use, which was why does it burn when I pee?
2: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> You've got an STD, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> oh.
1: You didn't use it. <laughs> um, what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt?
2: I would love to be in a band, but I have what is at best described as a passable voice and absolutely no other musical talent whatsoever. So it's never going to happen, but it would be good, I think.
1: Yeah, music fascinates me, but I could not put a tune together.
2: No. Just can't, can't write accurate. lyrics, can't put a melody together, can't play any instruments.
1: <laughs> People who just sit and noodle and suddenly they've got, like, you know, a number one record.
2: Yeah, and there's me, just, like, absolutely baffled, but, like, loving it at karaoke.
1: <laughs> I, I lack the confidence to do anything like that um and what profession would you not like to do
2: um pretty much anything that involves bodily fluids so like any sort of doctory nursey sort of care homey
1: yeah exactly like just
2: yeah none of that thanks
1: i I don't like (laughs) dealing with my bodily fluid let alone somebody else's so
2: yeah yeah no don't like that at all Um, all right then
1: and finally if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates
2: Now, I had to think really hard about this one because I I don't believe in God, so I've never really thought about this. But I am a woman who uh, enjoys validation... So, like, my love language is people just peppering me with compliments, even though I'm very British and I'm not very good at taking them. So it would it would just be – just anything nice he would have to say about me on my podcast would be great. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, I listened to that one episode of The Parlour with Rob Paulson. I thought it was great. And I'd be <laughs> like, oh, God, thank you so much. God, you lovely. Um, Yeah, just, just validate me, please.
1: <laughs> Hang on, you did an episode with Rob Paulson?
2: I did, yes. I haven't now – I know I haven't listened back to it myself because for two reasons, I'm very scared that I was a ginormous fangirl twat on it. And also because I was using a new microphone on the day and it's not very good sound. So I'm just embarrassed of that episode entirely. Um, But he was an absolute legend slash gent. And I loved him. Yeah.
1: See, I wouldn't know where to start with Rob Thompson.
2: He almost got me arrested. I don't know if I (laughs) accidentally, he, I don't know if he even knows this, but, um, he asked me if I could send him something from over here because uh, he lives like obviously in America. And it was just like a product that it isn't illegal. It's just not made in the U.S. So yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I just put it down to the post office and they were like, oh, what's in this package? And I was like, oh, it's like a like a herbal like painkiller remedy. And they went drugs. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and then I got taken into a little room in the back where they had to open the package and make sure it wasn't drugs. It wasn't drugs. They let me send it in the end, um, but it was a it was a hairy, sweaty few minutes. I've got to <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I gotta
1: say. Yeah, I hate those hair, those sort of moments. I did I did some filming down at the docks once, and then I'd rang the police beforehand to let them know I was doing it because you're supposed to do that just in case mm-hmm. anyone rings up. There's weird people with cameras down there. And then I got back and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, yeah, I'm just ringing to let you know that we've uh, finished shooting down at the docks. <laughs> and the person oh, on the other end was like, God, been shooting down at the docks. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, no, film. No, camera." i mean, film. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. But part of me in the back of my mind was just like, what if I had just gone, yeah, hung up and then just like the SWAT team smashed through my window ten minutes later.
2: Just <laughs> tucked oh, up God. in bed. <laughs> That'd take some explaining to the neighbours, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah. I, it was a ground floor flat. I once heard something slam against my window. So I opened my curtains just to see what it was. And it was like two armed police officers had pressed a guy. Oh my God. And part of me in my mind was kind of like, don't mock him. I know you're tempted to mock the fool. <laughs> we'll know yeah. where you live.
2: Yeah, just 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 close those curtains. Just, just, I was just kind of like, holy
1: shit <laughs> I me. Mean. Brilliant. Awesome. All right, then. Um, what, what have you got coming up on the podcast that people should be listening out for? Obviously, uh, you've got... Uh...
2: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, as we're recording this tomorrow, my sort of Halloween spooktacular episode of Stacy's Pop Culture Parlour will be coming out where myself and my good friend Jenny will be talking about all the uh, spooky season movies we've been watching, um, which you can find at popcultureparlor.podbean.com or by searching Stacy's Pop Culture Parlour wherever you get your podcasts um and also on the 1st of november we've got a new episode of never seen coming out which is uh, myself the aforementioned jenny and our mutual friend um watching films that at least has never seen before that we probably should have it's usually uh coming out of conversations that we've had in our whatsapp group where we'll talk about like a really famous film and then one of us will say i've never seen that and then usually lee will go how have you not seen this what <laughs> is wrong with you so we just made a podcast out of it um so the next episode that's coming out on the 1st of november will be the anime movie your name from 2016 all right um but we've previously done it. oh it's fantastic it was me that chose that one and was like I was well, really hasn't anybody seen this
1: I was really into anime until I worked at H&B and then I saw all the other people playing anime and I was like, I'm not into this anymore.
2: No, we'll just watch that one, it's fine. Um, But we did, uh, if I was going to recommend any episode of Never Seen, I would say go to Great Escape because it was almost a (laughs) friendship We had a hard time recording that one.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) those will already be out by the time this one comes out. I think 22nd of November is when this one's going to come out so oh, fair we're,
2: we're, yeah. we're, well, have, we're a
1: bit ahead so we'll be going into the Christmas season um, oh, oh god Christmas, I
2: love Christmas
1: i got to watch Christmas movies pretty much after this well, after <laughs> I've done the episode of Top 10 podcasts Um, yeah it's into the Christmas season then so Batman Returns National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and I've got to watch three films with Santa in them because we're doing a like, <laughs> breakdown of different versions of Santa on film
2: are you gonna watch that one that uh, David Harbour's doing where he's like a big scary Santa?
1: No, it's um Santa Claus the movie, uh The Santa Claus the Christmas Chronicles. Because you've got oh, to okay. watch, if Kurt Russell's gonna be uh, Santa Claus, then you've got to watch Kurt Russell. You which I've seen that do. film and I did, I did really like it.
2: So. It's pretty good.
1: <laughs> the only one I've never seen properly is The Santa Claus.
2: Okay. Because yeah, it sort well, of came out out of my
1: age. <laughs> So mm. by the time it came out, I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about this shit anymore. I'm cool now. I read comics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I've
1: never been able to watch Santa Claus the movie again until I watched it, do it for this. So that's going to be an interesting rewatch.
2: Yeah, that'll be uh, interesting.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. And then I get my January break. Woo! So go on hiatus for a bit. Cause you got to take breaks. <laughs>
2: Well, that's why I only do my show monthly, because I just this, I can't be asked for more than that. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. It's too much.
1: Well, weirdly, in the summer break, I end up recording more episodes than if I carry on doing it. Doing <laughs> ten action movies, which was then one a week. So that was more work for me than what was supposed to be my summer break.
2: Yeah, that's bananas, mate. I don't know what you were thinking.
1: Well, I do for it a bit. And then I think I take a month off in May or June.
0: It's mm.
1: May, usually, because that's when my wife and both my kids' birthdays are. So that month's a nightmare for me. Yeah, then we go into the summer season, then I take another month off, then we go into the winter se- autumn winter season, <laughs> then I take another month off. Mad. <laughs> it's just I an just... excuse to talk to people. To be honest. It's the editing that's the time consuming bit.
2: Yeah, I-, I was talking about this on the last episode of the parlour that I recorded in that like the-, the podcast gives me an excuse to actually like sit down and talk to people that aren't my husband. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just on a mental health thing as well. It's just nice mm. to talk to people about shit that isn't, like, how are you feeling?
2: Yeah.
1: Like, never mind that. Shiny Dolph Lundgren in his underpants. <laughs> Get on it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will put all the links in the show notes. And um, so we'll see whether people actually click on them.
2: Fingers <laughs> uh, crossed.
1: That's been the raging it, debate right. for years. <laughs> and, um, I'll put the links to your socials and everything. So. Cheers. And yeah, I mean, usually we say goodbye on the, these podcast when we get to the end of them but we will i know it's a fake goodbye we'll carry on talking after we stop recording obviously <laughs> um yeah but i think this time we should say good journey
2: good journey everyone
1: good journey uh, i can send you back to anywhere in your past if you want to go
2: uh i don't think i want to really for the past few years again to be fair so i'll just stay here
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean your, your, your parents are dead but <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i mean everybody you know and love has died but sure
1: but sure, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> go back. I'll tell you what, I'll drop you off tomorrow. You can watch Great British Bake Off. It'll be fine. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Cheers, Stacey. <cheers. laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Oi! Kevin!
2: Oh, oh, don't let your parents get on that plane.
0: I've already stopped them. No. Yeah. We were
2: there.
1: Your attorney. We're not was. Master of the Universe. And why not? I'd like to thank Stacey for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour and the Never Seen podcast. Uh, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, We put a shout out on the socials for your thoughts and memories on seeing the film and we had a ton of replies. So I'm going to go through those now. Friend of the show, Rob O'Connor, said, I didn't see this the whole way through until a few years ago, but I absolutely love it. I've seen it five or six times in just a few short years. It's like Time Travellers went back in time to make the most stereotypical 80s space fantasy movie imaginable. It rips off Star Wars, Superman, and somehow American graffiti so shamelessly it becomes beautiful. Artful even. Probably a terrible adaptation of the cartoon, but it's an amazing fourth world homage rip-off in its own rights. Dave at Glass City Comics said, Great film with a great ending. Should have a sequel. Friend of the show Alan Burke said, The post credit scene really freaked me out when I saw it in 1988 on VHS. Everyone had left the room and my four-year-old self was traumatised. I ran into the dining room to tell everybody about it but nobody believed me so I had to convince them to fast forward through it again. G-Man's Comic Anonymous said I remember at the time this being a big thing. Maybe off the back of being into the cartoon and getting the figures. I still love it to this day to be honest. Nolte Simpson said I always remembered a video advert stating it would be the Star Wars of the 80s. No chance but it's a very energetic film with a well-crafted action and lively score. He-Man outnumbered on the rooftop, but still battling on is a particularly stirring moment. Ben W said, Don't ask me why, but as a kid I thought Skeletor's nose was two giant sultanas. It's always the first thing that I think of. G-Braid said, I remember two things about it. One, this was not the cartoon. We hadn't discovered multiverses yet, so there was no explanation of why my toys no longer looked like what I saw on the TV. Two, I owned the game on the Commodore 64, And I was bad at it. It was too hard for me. Michael Bailey said, I saw this in the theatre. I wanted to see Superman 4, but it was out of theatres, and my sister took me to this. Canon Films got my money either way. Once in Future Jim said, I love this film so much, I'm currently making custom Lego minifigures. Our friends over at Geek Syndicate said, and still the best villain speeches ever. Graham Pierce said, I adore this movie and watch it every time I see it on TV. I remember seeing the Drew Struzan poster in the cinema and was desperate to see it, but had to wait six to nine months till it was on video. I had the making of book and read the comic adaptation repeatedly. The comic adaptation is weird because the character designs are all based on the original toys and not the movie. George Rojas Platter, apologies if I pronounced that wrong. I loved this movie when I was a kid. Never knew it was based on an animated series until I was much older. And Chris Wildgoose said, Big time favourite film of mine. My nan and granddad had it on a VHS tape from TV. This film and Chalk Ice is in a bowl with a spoon. To me, still one of the coolest soundtracks to a film. Also, once I was at Chenny's Manor in the UK and had a tour of the film prop storage warehouse they have there. Turned out they have a miniature of Skeletor's barge uh, the Invades Earth on. Tour Guide was impressed that I knew what it was. Thanks for everybody who contributed their thoughts and memories of the film. Uh, really enjoyed reading them out. At the time of this recording, Master Universe is currently unavailable to stream in the UK or purchase on DVD or Blu-ray. It is available in other countries on disc, but remember to check the region coding before ordering. It does occasionally pop up on Sky Movies, and but you'll have to keep an eye out for it. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or subscribe over on Acast, or wherever you listen to your episodes. If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating if you have a second or two to spare. I mean, you don't have to, but just grateful you listened at all. If you've missed any of the Am Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. And if you aren't already, why not give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, or why not join the Am Why Not group over on Facebook? Not only will we be kept up to date with what episodes are coming up and have the chance to contribute to them, but we also post our g- picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media and check- or check out the links in the show notes. In the meantime, we'll be back on the 6th of December when I'll be joined for our 50th episode by Damon Edwardson to kick off our Christmas season with a return trip to Gotham City to celebrate 30 years of Batman Return. But until then, this has been a Nerds of Haunted Themselves production and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening and remember, we don't say goodbye. We say good journey. Good journey for now. I will be
0: back.